we'll move to the board's uh, regular meeting, which is now called to order at 4.37 uh, p.m. Uh, we welcome all members of the public who have joined us uh, this uh, late afternoon. And instructions on making public comment are posted in item one on the agenda. And we'll ask at each item if there is a, uh, any public comment on that item. Catherine, can you do another roll call, please? Absolutely. I'm uh, here now. Catherine, excuse me, I'm sorry. A student trustee Soto Gonzalez, I see you have your hand up. I think Trustee Baldini is in the attendees room right now. I think I see him there. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, there he is. Nobody puts Baldini in a corner. <laughs> okay, here he comes. He was here earlier. All right, thank you. Uh, uh, student trustee Soto Gonzalez. Here. Uh, trustee Rios. Here. Trustee DeLuna. Here. Trustee Baldini. Here. Thank you, Trustee uh -huh. Gonzalez. Uh, Trustee Goff. Here. Trustee Baker. Here. Trustee Iverson. Here. And Trustee Dunn. Here. Here. Uh, we can, uh, Captain, you can open uh, up the flag. We'll do a Pledge of Allegiance. Here we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United, United States, States of America America. America and to the Republic for which it stands, yeah. one nation yeah. under God, yeah. indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Moving to item 3.3, adoption of the agenda. We are going to uh, pull item 11.2 on the housing update. We will be moving that to March and having a much more substantive update and going over a real thorough uh, overview of timeline moving forward. Um, are there any other changes to the agenda? And any comments from the board on the agenda? Seeing none, we'll uh, adopt it by uh, consensus. Um, moving on to item four, uh, public comment on closed session items. At this time, the board will devote a total of up to 15 minutes to hear comments regarding closed session agenda items. Um, individual comments will be limited to three minutes. Catherine, do we have any uh, public comment? I have received none and I don't see any hands raised. Nice. Oh, there is a hand raised. Hold on. Uh, where are you? Here it is. A okay. will S. Yes, I'm going to, let me see here. A lot of talk because you're not know how. So I will promote to panelists because uh, I can't yeah. give them the microphone. Will, um, you're on mute right now. Um, and when you're able to unmute yourself, you'll be able to talk. We can, we can, we can hear you. Um, and would you uh, please uh, announce, announce your name? You have uh, three minutes for, for public comment. Um, hello, uh, my name is William Silver. Um, Catherine, um, I, I did email you uh, my comment to be read, but um, maybe it wasn't received. Is this for uh, this for a closed session um, agenda item? Um, so I'll go ahead and uh, read the statement that I prepared. Uh, Dear Napa Valley College Board of Trustees, uh, I am aware that tonight you may eliminate my position along with other campus-wide cuts. I urge you to inspect the conditions of the physical plant in order to understand the serious health and safety concerns affecting P 
people, including children, on campus before making cuts to facilities. There is an overwhelming evidence that the condition of an educational facility has a direct impact on academic achievement and community well-being. During my time here at Napa Valley College, I have gained significant institutional knowledge and I am valuable. I'm a valuable resource for this school and incoming administration. If retained, I can identify and remediate serious health and safety issues and will continue to identify and implement cost cutting measures. In addition, as the college is expanding its physical footprint with new construction projects in the works, this is not the time to make cuts to facilities. Thank you very much for your time. Will Silver, Assistant Director of Facility Services. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Silver. Catherine, is there any other public comment? I do not see any. And uh, Mr. Silver, if you could please re-email me that. I just checked, I did not see it. It could be you emailed it to the wrong address. Okay. Thank you very much, okay. Seeing uh, no more public comment, we'll close public comment on, on closed session items. Uh, board will move into closed session uh, covering four items, conference uh, with labor negotiators, conference with legal counsel regarding anticipated litigation, uh, item 5.3 with respect to every item of business to be discussed in closed session pursuant to section 54957, uh, uh, public employee uh, discipline, dismissal, release, and uh, uh, also a public uh, employment matter under uh, government code uh, or ed, ed code uh, section 54957. The board will move to closed session. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll return uh, back to public session at 6.02 p.m. Wanna do an announcement of items from closed session. Uh, this evening in closed session, the Board of Trustees unanimously took action to non-renew uh, the senior manager of a Welcome Center and Student Engagement, the Assistant Director of Facility Services, uh, Manager of Testing and Tutoring Center. For uh, item seven, a public comment, uh, this public uh, common opportunity is governed by the California Brown Act. By definition, this is an opportunity to hear comments, perspectives, and differing vantage points. The board is not able under the Brown Act to engage in any level of conversation or discussion, but we look forward to this opportunity to gather community input. At this time, the board will devote up to 15 minutes to review comment to the board regarding any subject not appearing on the agenda for this meeting, but over which the board has jurisdiction. No action or discussion will occur at this time on such items. Each comment shall last no longer than three minutes. Catherine, do we have any public comment? Uh, I have not received any via email and I don't see hands raised at this time. Okay. Item eight, public employment. Uh, this is an action item, a consideration to enter into an employment agreement. Um, prior to considering this matter as required by government code section 54953, subsection C3, I am providing an oral summary of the recommendation regarding the salary and fringe benefits under the proposed contract for classified administrator. 
The district is entering into an employment agreement with James Reeves as Vice President of Business and Finance beginning February 14, 2022 through February 13, 2025. The Vice President will receive a monthly salary at range two, step H, on the Vice President salary schedule, which is $15,155. Salary will be prorated for any partial month of service. The Vice President shall be entitled to receive the same fringe benefits as the Administrative Confidential Employee Group. Is there any public uh, comment on this item, Catherine? No, I have not received any, and I do not see any hands raised. I'd uh, welcome a motion from uh, my colleagues. Trustee Baldini, move approval. Second, Trustee Rios. Any discussion? Seeing none, I'll call for a, a, a roll call vote. Uh, student Trustee Soto Gonzalez. Aye. Trustee Baldini. Aye. Trustee Goff. Aye. Trustee Rios. Aye. Trustee Baker. Aye. Trustee DeLuna. Aye. Trustee Iverson. Aye. And I will vote aye as well. Looking forward to having James very soon. Uh, we'll move to a public hearing uh, portion of this comment. I saw John Tudor. John, welcome. Do Thank you, you, Chair Dodd. Yeah, great to have you here. Um, oh, why don't you uh, start and, and, and start your presentation and then for those, uh, any participants wanting to um, provide any public comment, we'll, we'll follow up with that after you're done. Thank you very much. So this is the final hearing on the draft map for the seven trustee areas for the period of 2022 through 2031. Uh, these trustee areas will take effect uh, for those trustees who are on the ballot in 2022 now, and for those trustees who are on the ballot in 2024, those trustee areas will take effect prior to that election. So no one uh, who is uh, will lose their position if anything changes uh, with their trustee area at this time. Now, I do want to point out the board and the public still have an opportunity to comment on the map that you'll be seeing. Uh, while this is a final hearing, it can be extended. Uh, the map can be revised and we can have a second public hearing. You are facing a February 28th deadline. And so if you are, if the board does decide to uh, have any revisions to the map, uh, they can direct me to do that this evening, and then you will hold a special meeting, uh, which would be part of any resolution continuing the hearing this evening with direction to me and our staff to, um, to revise the map. So this map uh, was based <clears throat> on comments from uh, many of the map you'll be seeing in a moment with a member of our GIS agency staff, Andrew Eman, you are seeing tonight an interactive map. This is not the map on the district or site where people and the public can draw maps and change things. This is the map that was adopted by the Napa County Board of Education on February 1st. For decades, the college and the Board of Education have adopted the same trustee areas. However, that is not a requirement, and this board has full authority to change this map in any way at once, uh, and that is 
the discussion this evening if that takes place. If the map is not changed, you would adopt a resolution this evening to adopt this map. The map is based on two primary reasons for any changes. Uh, the first primary reason is that the city of American Canyon, which was fully contained in trustee area three in the 2011 census data and has been most of trustee area three, if not quite all of trustee area three since 2011, has now grown greater than a single trustee area ideal population. Uh, you cannot fit the city of American Canyon into a single trustee area. So in consultation with board members from both the college and from the Board of Education, this map splits the city of American Canyon with the great majority of the city being in trustee area three and all of the schools in American Canyon, including the high school and the middle schools and the elementary schools being in trustee area three with a small portion of the population in order to meet the requirement being in trustee area four. So that's the primary change. But there's an all equally important change, and that is that during the last decade between the 2010 census and the 2020 census, growth has been uneven in the Napa County. Um, the trustee area seven, and trustee area six actually shrank in population over this decade, while trustee area three grew in population, and to some extent, so did a couple of the other trustee areas located primarily in the city of Napa. And with that growth over the last decade, we, <clears throat> the trustee areas dropped below or went above the maximum deviation that the law provides. So when the primary goal of redistricting is to make sure that there's one person, one vote, and so that the voters in each trustee area are, not the voters, but the population in each trustee area is essentially equal. Now, for Congress, equal means one person. So the State Redistricting Commission had to hold the 52 congressional districts to within one person of each other. It's very tight at the federal level. For local cities and counties and districts like the college, there is a, a factor known as a 10% deviation. And that is calculated by adding the two greatest deviations. Normally, that's the district that's grown the least and is therefore minus and the district that's grown the most, which is therefore plus. And in this case, over the past, and we won't go into this because we did this at the draft meeting, uh, district six and seven shrank by about 6%, and trustee area three, the city of American Canyon, uh, grew by about 7%, and therefore the total deviation going into this redistricting was 14.5%. And therefore, in addition to getting the city of American Canyon into two trustee areas, we had to balance the population among the seven trustee areas so that the total deviation was less than 10%. Now, the map you're looking at, the total deviation is well under 10%. I believe it's 4.3%. So there's plenty of room should the board decide that they want to revise this map in any way 
to make any changes that you might want and still stay below the 10%. And I and the staff will bring this back to you for another final hearing if you go in that direction. If, however, you adopt this map this evening and adopt the resolution, you are well within the parameters that the law sets forth. Uh, so with that, unless there are any questions from the board members at this point, I will turn this over, thanks to Ms. Kittle, to Mr. Eamon, and he will run you through the uh, how this interactive map works. And at that point, you'll be able to see <clears throat> how a member of the public will be able to find out who's in their trustee area, which trustee area they're in, and who represents them. So, uh, Chair Dodd, unless you have some other reason, I would ask Ms. Kittle to give Mr. Eamon the floor and his screen. He's able to share. You on it, Andrew? I am. Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thanks for joining us. All right. My pleasure. So, I'm going to share my screen here. Um, and so this interactive map is uh, online for the public to, um, to view at any time at uh, the URL um, seen here. Um, it should be on printed materials and including all of our uh, PDF maps for each of the districts. Um, so with that, we'll load this up and it brings you to a page um, that kind of an overview of everything here. Um, and the purpose of this map is to um, allow anybody to, uh, you know, search by their address or by their parcel number um, or a property in Napa County and find out what district they uh, reside in, uh, while also allowing for uh, any kind of um, interactive um, zooming and, and panning within the map um, to explore the, the boundaries and where they are in relation to um, other boundaries. So with that, um, this does work on a mobile device and there's this option for using your current location. Um, and so you can uh, plug that right in and it'll take you to where you are. Um, and I'll use our office address real quick as an example, um, just to show how that works. And so you'll see it dropped a pin on that location and highlighted that district. Um, it is part of a couple search options here, um, addresses, address parcel or assessor parcels and the World Geocoding Service, um, but it is restricted to addresses that reside in Napa County. So you can't search for things in you know, Washington, D.C. or what have you. Um, but with that, you can also from this result panel um, see exactly what area it is um, while also allowing this map tab to be available to zoom in um, as far as you would like. Um, and from there, you can zoom in to see parcel boundaries, uh, see the delineation between districts, um, and even address points um, within those. And so each district in results um, come with this PDF map, and each one of those for, for each district is essentially an outline or the extent of that district in comparison to the others. Um, and so I'll go through each one of those and each one of these maps, if printed out, has a link at the bottom um, back to the interactive online map. Um, and so when you initially load it up, um, you've got all those PDF maps listed out here um, by their respective district. Uh, there's a countywide one as well. 
um, showing all of them together. Uh, there's a specific one that shows just the city of Napa's boundary and all the districts within that. Um, just Andrew, I think we do have that published on our on our board docs website. I think John sent that over earlier. All, all the different maps. Great. So yeah, each one, it's a, a little repetitive, but they're all in here. Um, the extent again is just zoomed in on, on each district. And I think that about covers it. Um, Andrew, can I jump in a minute? So mm -hmm. I do want to point out one thing. Can you go to trustee area seven for me, please? Yes. Andrew. So as I discussed at your meeting on the 18th of January, the college board and the board of education both extend into that portion of Sonoma County on the uh, western side of this map uh, right there, uh, which is part of the Calistoga Joint Unified School District. I just want to cover that briefly for those uh, members of the public who are listening tonight. Uh, because the Calistoga Joint Unified School District extends into that area, and the reason for that is it's safer and better for the children from that area to come down to Calistoga than to go over the mountains to the nearest schools in the Sonoma County area. And so since the beginning of the Unified School Districts back in the 60s, Calistoga Joint Unified School District has served these students and their families in Sonoma County. And when the college board was created, the college was created, uh, it included that as did the Board of Education. So these Sonoma County residents vote for the trustee in trustee area seven uh, for both the college and the Board of Education. Now, one thing Andrew pointed out earlier, and I just want to confirm, the voters and residents of Sonoma County, if they look at this map, they cannot search in that area because our GIS capability is solely within the county boundaries. So we're going to work with Sonoma County to make sure that their map will show their trustee area map will show this area as being in Napa County. And if Sonoma County residents want to look at this map, once it's finally adopted by your board and by the Board of Education, uh, we'll make sure that Sonoma County residents who live in trustee area seven will be able to find that on the Sonoma County side. They won't be able to on the Napa County side. So with that, I'm done. Andrew, did there is anything you wanted to add? Um, I, I don't think so. I think um, if you choose this option for the world service, um, it does, I think the, it, it's not necessarily just this area within the county boundary. Um, I think it's a an extent uh, of the map itself. So um, if there are addresses along the county border, um, they should still appear in the search. Um, however, there won't be any results if they don't fall within one of these actual uh, district boundaries. Great. Thanks, Andrew. I'll test that out. I know some addresses in Trustee Area 7 in Sonoma County, and you can teach me how to use the World Geocoding Service. <laughs> so that'll be a great uh, learning experience for me. So with that. Yeah, John, you just went on, on mute, but I think you're you're kicking it back over. Yeah, I was. Sorry. I, I muted before I finished speaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that's fine. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for being here, and John. Thank you for uh, for uh, all your work too. Um, Catherine, do we have any public comment? I see no public comment at this time, and I have not received any. 
and I don't see any either. Okay, we'll uh, close uh, public comment um, on this item. Uh, any questions for the board or comments? I see uh, uh, Trustee Baker. Sorry, I forgot to unmute myself. Um, I was just wondering, I, I spent some time reviewing the maps in different areas over the last month, and I have some concern about the number of changes that are proposed. And I, I understand that we that the intent, part of the intent was to stay in line with the Board of Education. But and I also appreciate that the growth and change in demographics in American Canyon has made change necessary. And looking at that, my area, that area myself, I can understand the challenge that created. I think the work that Mr. Tudor's team has done to redistrict to redistrict that area is excellent, and it does a good job of making sure that the residents, particularly those with children in our K twelve schools, who are our future students, have good local representation. However, I'm not really understanding the changes made to the other areas. Um, I can imagine that since I pointed this out at the last meeting that this may sound a little self-serving, but is it just me who's being drawn out of their area? There's actually three trustees being drawn out with this map and realizing that prompted me to look at it a little more critically. Um, we spent a lot of time learning about communities of interest and I walk a minimum of four and a half miles every day and I walk in my area. And I can say definitively that my area is a community of interest because I know these residents. I see them at the park and at the grocery store. Their kids pass my house on the way to school. I've lived in this area for 14 years and I find it hard to believe that it's changed enough in the last decade to warrant such a dramatic way in the uh, change to the way it's represented. Um, so <laughs> when I went home after the last meeting and was bemoaning to my husband that I had been drawn out and basically received a three-year pink slip, his response was that I should take it as the blessing that it obviously is. But um, ultimately, this isn't really about me or any one of us. It's about the communities we serve. So if the rest of the board is agreeable, I'd like to propose that we ask Mr. Tudor's team to take another look and rethink the changes to the areas outside of American Canyon to see if there's a way to redraw to account for those demographic shifts, but in a way that more closely resembles our current area boundaries. Thanks. And John, I see your hand up, but I'd love to get through all the board members first, and then we could just get all the questions out there and, and direction, and 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 you can follow up uh, uh, to, to, to all the questions at one at a time. Uh, Michael, I, I see your uh, hand up. Yes. Uh, thank you, Trustee Dodd. I, I too, uh, lived in the, the same house for 30 years and, and have, um, I like to think, a very good understanding of of the area of the city, and uh, and note that the the change from previously yes driven by changes in demographics and and uh, understanding the area. Uh, John, I appreciate your work as well as Andrew, uh, and to protect the uh, equity priority communities and, as well as the those that are underserved. Um, I, I find that of paramount importance. Uh, 
though looking at the uh, the changes, it is again dramatic, and, and ask that we uh, relook at that uh, that area. Uh, myself, I find myself uh, in the county and, and removed from the city after 30 years, and and uh, uh, just believe that there there could be some uh, uh, a deeper deeper look into the into the area. Thank you. Are there any other uh, comments or, or, or questions from the board to John? Seeing none, John, I don't know if you need any response. I, I heard a, a couple of things, but. Um, I'm happy to respond. And part of this is timing. Uh, the Board of Education just went first just because of those are the dates of their meetings. And so part of this map, uh, as I said earlier, both Trustee Goff and Trustee Snyderman from uh, uh, Cindy Biederman, excuse me, from the Board of Education worked with me on trying to resolve the American Canyon issue. And thank you, Trustee Baker, for saying we they did a good job because it was primarily them. Um, but the other members of the Board of Education asked me to make some changes. And in making those changes, I am agnostic as to where anyone lives. Uh, that's my rule as the registrar of voters. I'm simply looking, as you mentioned, at communities of interest. However, communities of interest are, by definition, other people's definitions than mine. And so when I made some of the changes for the Board of Education, uh, it turns out that I created what may be differences in the communities of interest in several areas. And so that is perfectly acceptable for this board tonight uh, to ask me to review uh, the changes that were made. Uh, you do not have to match the Board of Education, and therefore we can have two different maps uh, one, and two different sets of trustee areas. Uh, my guess is that no matter what changes I bring back to you, if you do ask me to bring them, that 90% of the trustee areas will still match. It's just uh, some of the areas where communities of interest may be different between the college and the Board of Education that we'll take a look at. And we will have a, uh, assuming you take that position tonight at the request of uh, Trustee Baker and Trustee Baldini, uh, I will be back to you uh, by tomorrow uh, with a revised map, uh, which we will then convert into an interactive map that Mr. Eamon and I uh, will, assuming Mr. Eamon's available, one of the members of the GIS agency will be available at whatever special meeting you designate. And I'm perfectly happy and willing to do that. Thanks to this wonderful tool, Districter, as uh, Ms. Baker and Mr. Baldini and others of you have discovered, it's an easy tool to use. It keeps track of your population. I'm sure it will not impact the deviation uh, parameter that we've set uh, of 10% and not even get close to it. So uh, we're available and ready, whatever the board directs. Uh, you have, as I said earlier, two choices. One is to uh, ask me by motion to uh, make changes to the map, uh, which I'm happy to do. The other is by motion to adopt this map and the resolution that's before you. It's no trouble because the map itself 
is the legal description of the trustee area. There are no meets and bounds descriptions, you know, street names or parcel boundaries that have to be drawn. Uh, it's a very simple and fluid process, and it will not cause uh, a great deal of heartburn for us or the GIS team or our consultants, redistricting partners. If you decide you want me to tweak the map, I'm happy to do that. Thanks, thanks, Sean. And did you say? Does anyone else have any questions? I was gonna go. Um, you said you'd be able to, because I, I mean, I share similar concerns to Trustee Baker and, and Trustee Baldian. I, I should say too, I really, I like, uh, you know, in light of uh, the population increase in American Canyon, uh, totally, it, it makes a lot of sense to me, and, and I think it, uh, unsurprisingly, at it, it, it Trustee Goff's suggestion. But um, in terms of getting it turned around, I know there's pretty demanding timelines, and with respect to finalizing and improving the map, when would we need, or how quickly? You said you could have a, a map ready tomorrow. It, I, I thought you said that, but that seemed uh, pretty ambitious. No, we can have a new map for your review tomorrow. However. I do ask that you set your special adoption meeting as late as you can in February okay. uh, because we need a lot of behind the scenes work. The map will be there ready for you to look at, uh, but once that map is done, you won't have to approve it. I'm, I've gotten enough information tonight to know what we're talking about in terms of communities of interest. I'm sure that that map will pass muster at your special meeting, but we have a lot of work to do from drawing it in District R to turning it into that interactive map that Mr. Eamon shared with you. Right. And so that's why I need time. And my suggestion would be as late as this board can set a special meeting in February, even as late as Monday the 28th, you do have a deadline. Thank your you. deadline is the month of February because you have to turn your resolution and the map into the Committee on School District Organization, which is run by the Board of Education, and it's the same members. Their trustees are that committee. So we have that timeline. So as much time as given the schedules of the busy trustees, as late as you can set that special meeting, and if you can put that in the resolution tonight, that will if in the motion tonight. Uh, directing if you go that direction, then I'll move forward and we'll know when to come back. Understood. Thank you. Thank you, John. Uh, Trustee Rios. Uh, yes, thank you. I just a couple. I'm not opposed to this, but it uh, it feels a little odd. Uh, is there a chance, uh, Mr. Tudor, that in looking at this, that, that maybe you you say, well, maybe there is a um, community of interest here that we've affected or, or, you know, cut in half or whatever, that you'll come back and um, Trustee Baker will still be out? <laughs> I mean, um, you know, is, are we just doing this just to keep her in her district? That's what feels a little odd to me. Well, I think, uh, Trustee Rios, that there is a specific prohibition for cities and counties uh, in looking at either incumbency or political candidates. They are specifically prohibited under the Fair Maps Act. That Fair Maps Act does not apply to school districts or special districts like the Regional Park and Open Space District, which is also redistricting. Uh, so that is not a prohibition. I think that the, I think the description of what Trustee Baker gave and Trustee Baldini, the interesting thing that this change has moved 
his trustee area into more of the county than being almost entirely uh, city-oriented. As you know, trustee area two is entirely within the city. Um, it's the only one entirely, I believe, in the city. Uh, no, I think that my look will take into account all of the comments that were made this evening. Great, thank you. Makes me feel better that, that that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Trustee Rios, is that your hand again? Sorry. Oh, nope, just trying to put it down. <laughs> Too quick. Um, Trustee Baker. Yeah, I just wanted to um, say, um, my my area also, I'm fairly confident currently is all within city. Maybe some parts on the on the west side there are not, but I'm pretty confident that it's all within the city. And the new area that's drawn is almost entirely in the county. So it it yeah, same as same as Michael's um, comments. Understood. And I think what I've what I've heard and, and, and maybe can call for a motion is really that I think everyone those that that asked questions and, and spoke earlier, I think there's some uh, support with the way that the districts through South County look like, but wanting to get a little bit com more commensurate with the lines and the, and the current boundaries based on, I think, some some thoughtful uh, uh, reasons that Trustee Baker and Trustee Baldini uh, mentioned in terms of, you know, those respective communities of interest and neighborhoods and and so on and so forth. So if if, if that sounds right to me, I mean, Catherine, when would we have a, a, a special hearing or a yeah, special hearing date? What, uh, what opportunities are available in terms of the latest dates in February? Yeah, so we're contemplating a February 17th special meeting. If Mr. Tudor could be ready by then, we would be able to add it to that. Uh, we could also have a February 24th meeting. Those are both on Thursdays at the usual time. And I see a, a trustee uh, Goff's hand up. Yeah, I, I apologize that my screen's off. My internet is being funky tonight. But um, I want to strongly discourage adding another item to our agenda on the 17th. I think we have a lot to handle on that special meeting. So I would strongly suggest we we don't add it to that agenda. Okay. So February 24th is a Thursday. And we could do that. I'm not available on the 24th. I'm leaving the country. So I would I would rather have one long meeting and discuss everything than two meetings, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I but I'm not available on the 24th, and I would really um, like to be there. And I kind of fall on this the same line, Trustee Goff. I I totally understand and, and respect uh, your comments as, as as chair of the the search uh, search committee. Um, but I'm just wondering if the board can adequately prepare, knowing that we've got a lot on that special meeting agenda, and going through the maps that John will be able to send over and. Um, I think John suggested he might even have a map ready tomorrow. So if, if we're able to, to, the board members are really able to prepare and, and provide any sort of comments or feedback, just so we don't have a lot of back and forth um, in terms of small changes or any additional changes. Um, I'm just, I'm just wondering, I don't, we might not need more than 10 minutes to, to go through everything. So I, I, I wanted to get your feedback on, on that. Um, I think if it's a 10 minute Yes, let's go. It'll be fine, but it's it's going to be a, a fairly heavy meeting. Okay. Here's what I do. I, I think if um, 
What all is on the seven? I'm sorry. What is all? What all are we doing on the seven? Well, I, I need to take a motion first, but oh, I, I think what we're talking about is is uh, if we were going to call a, a special, because I'd like that that date to be in the um, in the motion. Uh, if we are going to call a special meeting day, uh, would it be I think the seventeenth, which is what we're having in terms of um, um, board prep and, and 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 training for the president uh, uh, interview um, and process and, and training for that. Um, can we do this uh, and then make a final approval on the map on that same meeting date? But wouldn't it um, kind of depend on all of us looking at that map beforehand, maybe talking to Mr. Tudor if there are issues? Um, I'd rather have this all one meeting rather than, than two. Um, but I, I think it really depends on us looking at those maps ahead of time and making sure that we don't have any problems before the meeting. Um, so we also have a tight um, range, a tight window for the special meeting for the hiring training, and we couldn't move that out any farther because the following week of, uh, is interviews. And so the 17th is the latest you can go for the hiring training, and I'm not sure if Mr. Tudor can have uh, the maps ready for you on the 17th. Right. As, John, I see your hand up too. What I'd like to do, if, if it's okay, if that we agendize it, and I'm going to call for a motion that we move it to a special on, on the 17th. If we don't feel that we're adequate, and John just can't, then John, we would totally understand if that's the case. Can I get, you know, maps for us to look at so we can be adequately prepared before the 17th? Then we ultimately can continue that item to the 24th. I'm sorry, Trustee DeLuna, I'm hoping that's not the case, but um, I'd, I'd like to you know, have a motion right now, you know, based on the direction that we've heard tonight to give John the opportunity to revise the maps and come back on the 17th, hopefully for a short item. If we don't think it's going to be a short item or the uh, maps aren't ready, then we'll, we'll move it to the 24th. Uh, Chair Dodd, we'll be ready on the 17th. What might not be ready is an interactive map, but that's not the basic map. The basic map is the district or map and the board members will be able to see that beginning tomorrow. Uh, and so the 17th is doable as long as you're not expecting the interactive map. And there's really no reason for the interactive map uh, in other than we will have the uh, nine uh, PDF maps for you to look at on the 17th, which will take just a few minutes. We may not have it interactive because of the time it takes to build that. But I don't think that that is a, a tie that's not a deal breaker for being ready on the 17th i'm old school and i don't don't need to interact with um but thanks john um well to that end uh, you know i would welcome a motion to to give john some direction um in terms of the comments tonight to revise the maps and that we can reconvene and, and discuss and, and hopefully approve those maps at a special meeting uh, on february thursday february 17th I'll make the motion. I have a second. Thank you, Trustee Goff. Second. I'll do a roll call. Uh, Trustee Baker? Um, aye. Trustee Baldini? Aye. Trustee Goff? Aye. Trustee Iverson? Aye. Trustee DeLuna? Aye. Trustee Rios? Aye. Student Trustee Soto-Gonzalez? Aye. And I'll vote aye as well. 
Thank you very much, John and Andrew, for bearing, bearing with us. Not at all. It's an important decision, and it's something the board should have as much input into as it wants. It's your map, not mine. Okay. Well, seeing, I think, Catherine, where we are with uh, agenda items 9.2 and 9.3, I guess we'll be moving those to the 17th as well? Yes, correct. Okay. Okay, and all those are effectively just resolutions and approvals needed to affect, I guess, the new map. So those should, shouldn't take long either. In light of, I, I appreciate Justice uh, Goff's uh, comments about having a busy schedule on the 17th. Um, let's see. So I think we're on a board report. And let's see here. I, I did want to, you know, before we kind of kick off the, um, Board reports did have some really a, a, a nice opportunity to the um, ACCJC conference to go over how other boards are doing their, their reports. And, you know, I kind of how have, I've been seeing them do it. Maybe I can save this for a more comments, but, you know, I am thinking about maybe revising this further, potentially moving it later towards the agenda. Um, so, and also maybe reducing um, the comment time from five minutes to three minutes, really just consistent with, I think, public comment. And that's what I've seen also in, in Napa County, you know, Board of Supervisors and City Council um, as well for all, all five cities. That's what their, you know, um, uh, public comment time limit is. So um, just mentioned that and just thinking about we're not going to do this, I think, in the, in the next uh, you know, couple months, but would appreciate any sort of input on that. If you do, you know, in future, you know, public comments and going over um, you know, re reports, including board reports as well. So, um, but I'll, I'll move to 10.2 uh, um, academic Senate report. Uh, Dr. Tejada. Good evening, everyone. Um, I wish to acknowledge that we're on unceded, the, the unceded land of the Potwin, Mishwal, Mutstitu, Mayakma, and Miwok people. I am speaking from the unceded land of the Ohlone. I extend my respect to the citizens of these nations and their ancestors, recognizing that this land acknowledgement is insufficient. It does not undo the harm that continues to be done to indigenous people, our land, and our water. I am happy to report that the Academic Senate has approved the creation of an ethnic studies department. I wish to call into remembrance the work of those that came before us who only dreamed of having an ethnic studies department. So I, um, I am honored to be able to communicate um, this to the board. Um, I am also happy to report that we are moving forward with the revision of AP 6200, which is our budget process, modeling the effective participatory shared governance structure and practices. And um, I think it's actually um, helping us understand uh, and helping us understand the process and moving forward. The Academic Senate leadership is participating in the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Colloquia, deepening our understanding um, of the value of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and strengthening the bonds within our Napa Valley College community across constituent groups. Um, 
in close collaboration with the uh, with the um, Academic Affairs Office, the Academic Senate has worked to ensure that all dual enrollment and CCAP um, instructors meet minimum qualifications. Um, let's see. And I think um, what I'd like to say is that the Academic Senate continues to be concerned with um, the Board of Trustee and the Interim President's um, seemingly disconnection from the work of the Academic Senate and the impact that the fiscal crisis is having on morale and trust of the Napa Valley College community. This concludes my report. Thank you very much. Uh, and I'll be back to give the union report unless you want me to do it at this time. Dr. Dell, why don't you go ahead since uh, you, you've got the, the hot mic. Okay. That, okay. So um, putting on, um, this is um, I'm in place of my colleague, Christy Iwamoto, president of the Faculty Association. Um, the report reads as follows. Negotiations are ongoing. We're working on the 16-week academic calendar. Uh, details will be going out to the faculty um, early next week. We are discussing administrative evaluations. The Faculty Association looks forward to working closely with the Academic Senate and the district to come to an agreement. Um, Christy will be co-facilitating the State Leadership Academy at the Community College Association Conference this weekend. Um, morale is still uh, very low among faculty. It can be very overwhelming. I get emails from faculty talking about feeling overworked and unappreciated. Too many. I'm not sure how to fix the issues that are in front of us, but then again, that was not what I was hired to do. And that concludes my colleague's report. Thank you very much. I was, on, I was on mute, excuse me. <laughs> I called it item 10.3, Administrative uh, Confidential Senate Report. Bob Harris, please. Thank you, Trustee Dodd. Um, <clears throat> if I may, good evening, trustees, colleagues, and Napa Valley College community. Since our last meeting in January, much has changed and formal notification of expectations to address our situation has been made. To recap, the day of November 10th board meeting is when the campus as a whole learned of the specific notification by the ACCJC that the college was being placed on enhanced monitoring as a, monitoring as a result of our lack of compliance with processes and procedures related to a multitude of campus operations, but most specifically related to fiscal management, planning, and the administration of same. Then came the subsequent notification that the fiscal crisis management assistance team, assistance team was requested to visit the campus to assess our financial situation, financial processes, and overall operation. This all occurred in basically three months to this day. Immediately thereafter, Mr. Oscar DeHaro was appointed as acting president, and he immediately enacted a task force to address AP 6200 as well as work closely with campus personnel to assist the FICMAT team when they were on campus in December. Mr. DeHaro acted quickly, decisively, and initiated a series of actions to immediately address some, but not all of our deficiencies. In January, Dr. Frost came to campus to address the situation and to set the campus on a course to, to rectifying our deficiencies as outlined by ACCJC and the soon-to-be recommendations by FICMAT. 
we have suffered a significant decline in enrollment, albeit not dissimilar from our sister campuses around the state and not solely as a consequence of COVID. A cross-constituency study from the Planning and Budget Subcommittee determined that our campus is overstaffed in all constituency groups as compared to campuses of our size and scope. If anyone on campus was or is not aware of these facts, it certainly is not because that that information has been hidden or kept secret. It has been open. As we know, the administrative confidential group is not represented and is the most vulnerable when fiscal challenges arise. Typically, the discussion heard around any college campus or in meetings is, we have too many administrators, or if you want to save money, cut the administration. Occasionally, such, such statements are not wholly inaccurate, but rarely is it solely appropriate to state that the cause of overspending is singularly related to administrative employees. Moreover, if not somewhat ironic, the Administrative Confidential Group at Napa Valley College has not seen across the board increase in pay in six years. I would be remiss if I did not speak up for my Administrative Confidential colleagues and note that these points, individually and in tandem, take a huge toll on the mental and emotional well-being of folks who are doing nothing more than trying to do the job that they were hired to do. A college campus is not a private enterprise, and there are processes and procedures that are the expectations of all constituency groups. We often hear from faculty regarding 10 plus 1 in the language of Title IX regarding rely primarily on or collegial consultation and shared governance. We hear from the classified professionals about their role in participatory governance. Napa Valley College has very fine people who make up the faculty, classified, professional, and administrative confidential groups, and we are now losing some, if not many of these folks, due to prior mismanagement and lack of prior, and prior lack of transparency. Many of the issues that we are facing are primarily because the common language of higher education was not respected or adhered to, and we are now losing colleagues in our environment laden with a significant lack of trust. Errors, whether by accident or design, have been made, and we must now rectify those errors via very difficult decisions. Higher education processes can be clunky, slow, frustrating, and are often viewed as inefficient. But following established processes, being open and transparent, and engaging in open dialogue will make the pill a bit easier to swallow. We have before us the opportunity to set a course on a trajectory to which we can all invest. Otherwise, we risk doing further damage that, we can, that can be long, long-lasting. Thank you for your time. That concludes my report. Thank you, Bob. Item 10.4, uh, associated students. Marcus uh, Texan, is, uh, is, yes. is he here? Yes. Uh, good evening, trustees, Dr. Frost, college administrators, faculty, and the college community. Though the pandemic continues, our students continue to make heavy contributions to student life. Uh, Club Rush will be held over a span of two days, February 16th and 17th. Of course, students will receive pizza for checking out the clubs. Um, ASNBC is also hard at work preparing for this semester, as well as co-sponsoring and assisting in collegial well, Black History Month activities. In fact, um, the Student Life Office, um, we assisted the Student Life Office in setting up the uh, the walk, the gallery walk in the library this week. Um, looking into the future, March will be an incredibly busy month as several, several of our members will be going to Washington, D.C. for the National Student Advocacy Conference held by the, uh, by the American Student Association of of, excuse me, of community colleges. In April, we will be sending a group of students to attend the Student Senate for California Community College General Assembly to vote on resolutions and participate in several workshops. I would also like to announce the resignation of ASNBC President Janine Mazzona. While I have this opportunity, I would also like to commend her for all her work towards the college community and students. 
Janine was accepted into her dream program at Chico State, pursuing a bachelor's degree in nursing. Many of her peers and colleagues look up to her as an inspiration. Her peers describe her as awesome, hardworking, compassionate, caring, determined, and productive as she aimed to, to get students involved and keep everyone informed. Janine always had an open mind and adapted to change, determined to make student life more inclusive and accommodating for our diverse student body. I'm incredibly grateful for all of Janine's work to the student body and the college community. I would like to wish her luck on her journey throughout nursing school. Thank you. This concludes my report. Thank you, Marcus, and best to Janine. Um, 10.5 Classified Association Report, Dixie Larson. Hi. Um, I don't have a report, but I do have a statement. Um, I have to say, as a classified professional and a leader, I'm very distressed and concerned about the events of the last few weeks and months. I also have to say that our confidence in leadership at this time is, an, is at an all-time low. How could no one, including you, the Board of Trustees, not know that finances were in such disarray? Forgive me if this is an ignorant question, but is it normal for a Board of Trustees to take a budget presented to you at face value only and not understand where the money is spent, why it is spent, and if the spending makes sense. Does the Board of Trustees have no responsibility to their communities to explain where the community's money is actually going? I know at this time we can only go forward and this conversation is counterproductive, but I hope going forward there is a plan in place besides hiring a different person to monitor the spending and budget more closely and to understand the budget and spending so this never happens again. It's very painful to see what's happening to our colleagues right now and what might happen to more in the next few weeks, months, and, and at especially to no fault of ours. Um, regarding the hiring of the uh, new president superintendent, I would strongly encourage the board to hire a president that is going to serve the needs of the entire campus and all constituent groups. I hope to impress upon you that the wishes of the campus may not always, oh, sorry, align with those of the board, but a good leader can balance opposing interests through transparency. In this time of turmoil and frustration, we need a leader that we can have faith in and trust to lead us forward. When the campus does not trust its leadership, there is no path forward that will fix the issues. Thank you. That's all I have. Thank you, Dixie. It's, and I don't think it's counterproductive at all. I think uh, we don't examine uh, how, we, how we got here. We're gonna end up making the, the same mistakes as you, I think, alluded to. So thank you for your report. A 10.6 classified uh, Senate, Danielle Alexander. Yes, hello, good evening. I have a statement to read as well. Um, having had the opportunity to discuss the state of the college with a diverse group of classified professionals since taking office, mm -hmm. it has come to my attention that many classified professionals are disappointed with the current state of the college. People are discouraged by the lackluster oversight of administrators over the past many years that have led to the dire circumstances that are negatively impacting the school we all adore. 
the classified professionals, the faculty, and the administrators who are here now trying to clean up years worth of detritus. Many classified professionals have voiced their concerns about the budget, potential loss of jobs, confusion about and distrust of this board and its seemingly disconnected understanding of the day-to-day -day operations of the school, as well as the feeling that the classified professionals are often seen and treated as the dispensable, disposable group on campus. What was described time and time again by countless people during flex day as low morale on campus can perhaps be better understood as distrust and concern and fear. Every day, the classified professionals show up with our full selves to do the best jobs we can do. We do this with antiquated tools, technology that is dilapidated due to poor allocation of funds, and with an edge in the air wondering if we're going to be fired due to inept budget practices, of which we have little knowledge and no control. Every day, we find a way to be positive, as positive as possible, and we work to find workarounds for everything under the sun to keep things moving as well as possible for our students. A good portion of our lives are spent here. We are not aspiring politicians elected for a short haul. We are not pinch hitters. We are not here today and gone tomorrow. We are the daily committed backbone of this school. We take enormous pride in Napa Valley College and we feel embarrassed at what some have allowed it to become. It's very discouraging for us. In an effort to help build and create solutions. The classified professionals are gathering, we are training, and we fully intend to show up and be part of the shared governance of this college beginning now. We look forward to co-creating NVC and watching our work bear the fruit we all wish to grow. And this concludes my report. Thank you, Danielle. Item 11.1, .1, President and Cabinet Reports. Dr. Frost. I was, uh, I was still a little focused on the last report. That was, that was very, very well received on, on my part. Um, I, we've got a number of reports under the uh, President and Cabinet Reports. I wanna start with the um, Keys program. Uh, well, wait a second. Public affairs and communications update. Uh, Holly, I'm just going to go in order of what's listed for for those of you waiting for your report. So, Holly, can you go first? I actually had not planned to provide an update tonight. Okay, then I'll go straight on. Thank you to the Keys program, uh, Charo. Good evening. Um, I would like to welcome Christina Rivera, our training and development manager, to um, go over a training program that we developed over a year ago and had a significant amount of our administrators go through this one-year management training program. And so with that, Christina Rivera, thank you. Thank you, Charo. Um, I would like to congratulate our Keys participant, which was a year-long program, and there was a lot of hard work and dedication to the program. Tonight is about celebrating their accomplishments. I enjoyed watching the progress you all were making and truly wish the best for all of you in your future endeavors. The goals for the key programs, we had three of them. Train our managers to have foundational skills to serve as managers. Goal two, because our focus are students, we wanted to make sure everyone is receiving the same level of information for diversity and equity. 
We contracted with the RP Group and Allied Path Consulting. And with their representatives, we were able to incorporate diversity and equity for the purpose of improving how we interact with each other, as well as interacting with our students. And in keeping equity and inclusivity as a focus for managers and they are making decisions as they are making decisions on behalf of the district. There were six courses developed throughout the year. Goal three was really about the managers, the mental health and safety, and also how they can provide a level of safety for their staff. staff. Um, we could have not have done the KEYS program without the IEPI grant that we received last year. So that helped us with the year long program. Um, now what I would like to do is to turn it over to an excellent video that the KEYS group developed. You're only gonna view a portion of the video tonight, but it is an excellent video. I encourage you to watch the entire video. And I know that you guys were given um, the email address earlier. Thank you. Is there supposed to be sound? There's supposed to be sound. Yeah. When you go to share it, I think you have to check the box at the bottom left corner. For management skills, it's given me a better understanding of how to be a more compassionate. Hold on. Okay. If, um, If I go to share. It was working that second time. Yeah. Oh, that. Okay, let me try it again. Communicator and how to engage and motivate my team. It has taught me how to effectively manage projects in order to achieve institutional and departmental goals. I recommend this program to both new and current managers. This program provided me with information and resources that captured many of the basic concepts for management and managers. As managers who are responsible for using the organization's resources to help achieve its goals, the program offered opportunities to learn new skills and techniques where I can carry out my management responsibilities in ways that make a difference. Many of our case sessions presented ideas that challenged us to tear down barriers we had created for ourselves. We learned to no longer shy away from chaos or discord, and that from these areas of discomfort come growth. But from these areas, a true community begins to emerge, one of equity, and where creativity flourishes. In the Keys program, I now have more tools for my manager's toolbox, and I now understand more of the processes of NBC. Did not memorize everything I was exposed to. No one can, but I know where to look if I need to be re-inspired, if I need an idea reinforced, if I need a how-to guide to follow. And this is just in my notes and other documents from this year. I also have my cohort to reach out to. I will miss being a part of this program and I fully support Keys continuing here at NBC. The Keys program can be an essential tool for all managers. As a manager, I believe that leading from the middle needs to lead by example, which starts with me, both as a leader and a follower. In taking steps to become a more effective leader, I recognize the importance in setting clear expectations and providing guidelines to members of my team. 
no matter what our level of management is, whether we supervise one employee or many employees, the potential is always there for us to lead if we decide to do so. Leadership is a big job, and real leadership happens when we take opportunities to widen our capacity for discovery and growth. I am a more qualified applicant for supervisorial and management positions because the KEYS program has given me the knowledge and skills to effectively lead and motivate a diverse team. The program has allowed me to build my tool bag with supervisorial skills to prepare me to be an effective coach and leader, as well as provide me with a better understanding of the processes in athletic college. Before entering the program, I was nervous about applying for supervisorial and or management positions because of the lack of experience, so I shied away. I am no longer nervous as the program has given me the knowledge, skills, and abilities needed to be a successful supervisor. I highly recommend this program for all supervisors, managers, and those that are looking to expand their skill sets to be a more competitive applicant for higher level positions. I started the KEYS program last spring, expecting to learn a lot about the nuts and bolts of management and not Valley college, and I did. Um, but I also learned a ton about teams and people, uh, about myself, and about the six incredible women that I shared the first cohort with. Thank you to Christina and Charo in HR. Um, it was a wonderful program, and I would highly recommend it. Thank you. I want to give special thanks to Christina Rivera for all of her work as along with Michelle Bullock, who's worked as a part of the team for training and development. Um, as Christina mentioned before, this program, along with a, another program, which I will bring next month at the board meeting for our classified professionals, was supported by the IEPI grant. We will be rolling out the KEYS program in the fall again. Um, this is a year-long program. This is to support all of our administrative confidential employees, and this is a very important initiative for the college, and we intend to continue our efforts in training and development for both administrator confidentials and the classified professionals. We will be back next month to highlight our classified program, which is another year-long program, and we have graduates from that program as well. Christina, thank you. Job well done. Thank you. Was there any uh, HR update in addition, Charo? I just want to quickly let the board know that we um, we invited Keenan and Cal Sturz and Cal Purs to our campus. Um, we have held group sessions and personal counseling sessions um, in regards to um, our offer of a early retirement incentive. And um, we look to come back in April um, with some uh, information as to where we stand in hopes of asking the board to support and approve us in entering the um, early retirement incentive contracts. Thank you. I want to turn next, if I can, to Robin Warnall and Jim McGowan to give us an accreditation update. The, the, the timing is, is now with accreditation, so I really appreciate you both being here to to share some words with us tonight. Uh, thank you, Dr. Frost, and good evening, board. Uh, Jim and I are here to provide, oh, uh, Catherine, could you um, put up the, thank you. 
Thank you so much. Okay, uh, so Jim and I are here to provide a brief update focusing on some key accreditation activities that have occurred or will occur between January and March. Uh, now that the ICER has been submitted and our peer review team has begun reviewing our report, we have officially entered a new phase of the comprehensive review process. So to signal that we have entered the external peer review phase, we have updated the template for our updates. And the graphic, the graphic that you see here um, is taken from the ACCJC's formative summative guide for peer review team members. And it outlines all of the steps that occur between the submission of our ICER to the ACCJC back in December and the action that the commission will take on MVC, which is roughly one year from now in January, 2023. So Jim and I will be using this graphic to structure our updates for you in the coming months. And this evening, we will be focusing on the first two steps, the team ICER review and the core inquiries. Jim. Thank you, Robin. Um, Catherine, can you move to the next slide, the other slide? Uh, so we're talking about events in January and February tonight. Um, good evening, everyone. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, speak to you tonight. And hello, uh, campus community. Um, so uh, early in the year, the ACCJC distributed our ICER to the peer review team members. Um, and so that's been the focus of the activities uh, in January. Um, we've also posted the ICER uh, on the accreditation webpage, uh, or the NBC website. Um, and uh, that posting includes a link for um, the, the public to make uh, direct comments to the uh, ACCJC regarding the ICER. Um, that's all there. On January 20th, Robin, um, uh, myself, Dr. Frost met with our review team chair and co-chair to go over uh, expectations, timeline, and uh, really sort of kick off the process uh, of the um, the ISA review that's uh, taking place uh, in January and, and taking place in February. So um, that is underway. Um, as the team is reviewing our ISA, Robin and I are beginning to uh, move towards implementing the improvement plans that came out of the ISA development process. Um, and while I'm on the subject of those improvement plans, um, I would like to take this opportunity to uh, remind the Board of Trustees that uh, during the development of the ICER, the campus community identified those most important uh, BPs and APs that needed attention, including BPs and APs related to mission, related to institutional planning, budget preparation, decision-making, review and revision of policies and procedures, and accreditation. I know that came up uh, earlier today. Um, after identifying, the campus community then helped develop improvement plans to address those deficiencies built on our uh, participatory governance processes and structures. These improvement plans were approved by this board in December. So I would just encourage the board to uh, review those improvement plans um, as the board considers the next steps uh, with respect to accreditation. Um, so with that in mind, the implementation of those improvement plans has already begun um, and, and, and will continue uh, in the coming weeks and months. Um, activities uh, in February directly related to our ISA review 
Um, tomorrow, we have uh, a visit by uh, Dr. Catherine Webb, our uh, liaison to ACCJC. She'll be offering a training to the campus community at 1130 uh, to prepare us for uh, the big day. And uh, the big day is uh, February 23rd and 24th, so the big days. Uh, the 23rd, there will be two events, uh, a meet and greet where the, the peer review team will be with us, um, virtually, of course, uh, 2.45 to 3.45. That is um, open to um, campus leadership, the board, uh, board members of the Board of Trustees, uh, and, and various groups that were involved in the development of the ICER to meet with the team to um, sort of put a human face on, on that ICER and uh, get to know uh, them and an opportunity for them to get to know, to know us as we prepare for um, the next steps. Uh, there will be an open forum immediately following that meet and greet uh, where the uh, peer review team will invite members of the community, both the campus community and the public, public at large to uh, meet with them and um, discuss uh, the state of the college, the ICER, and uh, uh, NBC's uh, adherence to um, the standards and other related regulations. Um, then on February 24th, the peer review team uh, that has been reading our ICER will formally meet to, um, uh, well, to discuss and um, uh, issue their findings. I'm going to take it from there. So the formative uh, portion of our peer evaluation is based on our ICER and the evidence that was submitted in December. And that evaluation occurs when the team meets on February 24th. Over the two or three weeks following that meeting, the team will finalize the formative feedback that they have for us. And that feedback will be communicated via core inquiries, which we anticipate receiving from the team in mid-March. Uh, the core inquiries are intended to focus the momentum that we have already developed and that will continue into March before we receive the uh, core inquiries and even before then. Uh, and they will be used to guide and structure the focus site visit. So each core inquiry that is communicated to us will include the following. A summary or identification of the issue requiring clarification, expansion, or further development identification of relevant accreditation standards or commission policies associated with the core inquiry, a description of the inquiry, including citation of evidence and any additional information requests that they have, topic and topics for discussion for the focus site visit. Any standards that are validated by the team during the team ICER review will not need to be addressed again during the focus site visit. Jim and I will be working with Dr. Frost regarding communication of the core inquiries to the campus community, and that will include the Board of Trustees. Uh, we don't know exactly when we will receive the core inquiries from our peer review team. Uh, given that the next board meeting is scheduled two weeks after the team's review of our ICER, it is possible that we will present them to you at your meeting next month. Uh, and I'll provide one more plug here, a uh, reminder about the training that Dr. Webb will be providing uh, for us tomorrow at 1130. And Jim sent out an email about that session, including the Zoom link earlier today. And we're happy to answer any questions you have. No questions. I, I just want to jump in and thank uh, Jennifer, you. Jennifer, sorry, Dr. Frost. Oh. Uh, Trustee Baker, do you, do you have a question? I see your hand up. 
I just wanted to know if the uh, event on the 23rd was going to be in person or via Zoom. Yeah, um, so for this semester, everything that the ACCJC is doing and the peer review teams are doing is virtual. And so, uh, yeah, so all of the meetings that will occur um, both uh, with the team by themselves and with us um, will be held via Zoom. I'm not seeing any other hands up. I, I, I think uh, both Robin and, and Dr. McGowan, Jim, you, you two deserve a real thanks from us. This is a, a Herculean effort. And I, I know just as you're getting to this point, you know, there's still more agony to come as all the details come out and, and uh, everything is out there for all to see. But you've brought us to this place and you've done an excellent job. I'm just I'm really impressed. Uh, with the work that not only you, but the, obviously the committee and our college community has done to get us to this place. So uh, I just I think you deserve to be recognized early because there's a, there's some, some tough parts ahead that we still have to get through. So thank you. Um, from there, I think it's appropriate to move on to an IT update. I see Daniel Vegas here too with uh, with Oscar. So I'll let you two uh, deliver that report. For us. Thank you very much. Actually, uh, this this item is also <clears throat> part of uh, part of my, in my report as, as Vice President for Student Affairs, but I'll go ahead and just share it now. Uh, you may be aware that that uh, we continue to offer our, our college community, our, our campus updates as frequently as possible to let them know uh, how things are developing. Um, we are, we're, we're, we're clearly aware that the last couple of weeks we've had some major issues, but um, thanks to the to the to the excellent workmanship of our IT department, uh, led by Daniel Vega, uh, we have made inroads in, in these issues. Um, we are also at, part of the issue is that uh, the the staffing of the IT area has been um, I think um, has has not been has not been attended to, <clears throat> and so part of our our game plan is that we are we are hiring. Uh, one of the positions that that is vacant and the one that was held by by Mr. Sanchez. Uh, the deadline for that position is April the fourth. Uh, excuse me, February the fourteenth. We are also uh, looking at uh, the job description for the supervisor of the IT area, uh, and that should be uh, hopefully that that should be ready in the next couple of weeks or so, if not sooner. But uh, in addition to that, we're looking at the positions that have been vacant, some for over a year, if not two. And so we we take our role and our task and our responsibility very seriously, and we're making every possible effort to ensure that you, you here on campus, you the board members, uh, receive the best IT service that we can. Um, Daniel, would you like to add anything? Uh, no, Oscar, you pretty much said it all. I mean, we're shorthanded, but you know we're continuing to move forward and you know attack the problems as they show up. And hopefully, you know, get a better experience for our students. You know, they're our number one item in, in our IT infrastructure, right? So, yeah, it, it's just about paying attention to the outdated stuff to be able to move forward and, and make it work better. And also, I'd like to add uh, that that uh, on February the 1st, there was a, a short survey <clears throat> that was launched uh, with assistance of, of, of Dr. Wernall and her staff uh, to the college community. Uh, to to learn more about who is dif who is having difficulties with what particular area of self service, which which seems to be the focus at this point. So the idea is to collect this information, 
from 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 our campus and um, and uh, see what what, uh, what what we learn from it. Aside from the fact that some are having difficulties, but again, the idea is to um, to offer that that uh, that assistance uh, to listen and solicit as much information as we can from our from our college community uh, to make improvements as fast as we can. Thank you. Dr. Parker. Thanks. Good evening, Board of Trustees. I have provided a written report for you, but I'll just highlight a couple of pieces as I did last month. The first item on my report is the best <clears throat> item on my report. Uh, later this evening, 10 faculty members appear on an HR agenda item as being recommended for a tenure contract. And I'm very much looking forward to announcing each of their names at that time on the agenda. My written report addresses enrollment. National and state news continues to chronicle the severity of enrollment drops and the long-term implications that this will have on society and the economy. In fall of this year, I shared data with the board on 10-year enrollment trends and some of the things we are going to be doing to refocus our attention and efforts on this topic. Following the flex session on this in January, Dr. Frost announced the creation of a task force, a strategic enrollment management task force. On Tuesday, the Academic Senate appointed five faculty members to participate, and we look forward to forthcoming appointments from classified and administrative senates. Um, our work, though, will not be limited to those only on the task force, as this is a college-wide endeavor, and we will ensure that the work of the task force is open and accessible to everybody who wants to be part of this work. The task force specifically, though, will be um, focusing on a careful review of enrollment data and community needs. They will be able to provide us with a roadmap that establishes goals for the college and integrates the numerous existing efforts across campus in a coherent way, especially related to outreach and student support and retention efforts. And they will also be able to help us identify clear strategies that we have identified that we will implement and measure. In the midst of current stressors and challenges at the college that have been referenced tonight as well, a focus on our college's strategic enrollment management on our current and our future students is a way to come together around a common goal, a way to be creative around our shared commitments to the community that we serve. And I am very much looking forward to being part of this collective endeavor. One of the topics I know is of interest to the board are our evening offerings. The charts on my report are a single point of analysis. They compare afternoon, evening, and asynchronous courses from five years ago to this academic year, um, but they are a telling one, right? Those charts starkly illustrate what many of us understand to have occurred over the last five years, and that is that with the rise of online education accelerated during the pandemic, the asynchronous modality of course offerings has replaced a significant number of our afternoon and evening offerings. As a former faculty member who taught at night for many years and as um, administrator over a program that was designed for working adults at my prior institution, I can attest to some of the reasons this shift has taken place. Asynchronous courses offer a great deal of flexibility to work through the curriculum at times that accommodate busy work schedules and caretaking responsibilities without the need for transportation or lengthy commutes. 
the pedagogy, technology, and familiarity with taking and teaching asynchronous courses have improved. It's true that there are disciplines for which this modality does not work, uh, but for many other areas, we've seen steady increases in demand for asynchronous course offerings. Part of the work of the task force, as well as ongoing conversations in the Academic Affairs Council, within our guided pathways work, and with program coordinators and deans will be to dive into these trends in greater detail. Um, speaking of guided pathways, the finalization of our exploration pathways is a major accomplishment, and I want to appreciate the work of everybody who contributed to getting us here. With these meta majors determined, we have a framework to reimagine the student experience from pre-NVC through to career or transfer. Some of the elements that colleges who have successfully implemented meta majors have integrated uh, into their campuses include things such as wraparound services, first year experience programs, student success coaches, career exploration experiences, expanded internship opportunities, comprehensive pathways, expanded summer bridge offerings, um, and more. So I'm excited about the opportunity to explore the ways that the development and growth of exploration pathways at NBC will help students achieve their academic and professional goals. Um, and then at the very end of uh, the report, I will call your attention to three highlights that are truly representative of the work of academic affairs because they refer to providing academic support, offering educational and co-curricular learning opportunities, and teaching. Thank you very much. Thank you, yeah. thank you Dr. Parker. If I, could, if I could just ask one question. And one, and thank you for, like, I can tell, I know how passionate you are about enrollment, too. I mean, just, every, you're, I know you're taking it very Personally, I, I I feel like you are, I, and I, I I don't know. I just I, I appreciate that a lot I, because I've I'm sure a lot of my colleagues who have been getting from from their constituents you know comments you know regarding the uh, uh, article in the register about en enrollment. You, you just mentioned I think um, uh, you you're looking for the the task force will be kind of looking at interesting data points. I'm just curious what kind of you know, a couple of data points that, you know, we don't have that you think would be really helpful to know and that you anticipate that the task force will, will narrow in on. Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I wish I could remember the, the exact name of it off the top of my head, but I was just uh, looking at it the other day. I don't think Doug Marriott is here. There's a, a labor market study and the uh, local market assessment report that we will be working on that is part of a submission to the state for our strong workforce funding that we receive annually. That's the kind of data that I think is really helpful to understand how, for example, coming out of the pandemic, the local labor market needs may be shifting. Um, another data point would be from our flex day session, we saw that the student demographic, our, our average age of students has been declining. Um, so how does the type of programming that we offer or the way that we design our schedule might change given that shift in our particular student population? And what does it say about a particular student demographic that we maybe need to return some of our attention to, which may be our adult learners or individuals who are looking for retraining opportunities? Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Parker. I'm looking for hands, but it, so at this point, I'm going to move to Mr. Okay. Donato. I see Trustee Baldini. I'm, I'm sorry, Dr. Oh. Frost. 
Thank you, uh, Dr. Parker. How did the uh, the five hundred dollars that's on the website? Uh, uh, the reaction. The uh, what's what's the feedback? You know, it, there has been an improvement in our enrollment since I was here last month. Um, it's small, but I think it's hard to know any one thing that we can attribute that to because there's lots of factors at play here. But I know that another blast about this just went out early this week. Holly can confirm that if she's on the call. And the I think I shared with you last month that we have a, a quite a fair number of late start classes, which is an area of the schedule that has been increasing proportionally. And that creates a lot of opportunities for students that didn't start at the beginning of the semester, who just now are learning about this $500 um, of financial aid to still be able to sign up for classes and, and not just, you know, the three that we still have open, but a series of classes, some of which will run, for example, the last eight weeks of the semester. Uh, we this is Holly. We do we have a late start marketing campaign going right now, and we are using that to promote again that five hundred dollar opportunity for six plus units, and also the opportunity for um, to use federal aid to pay off student debt. Great, thank you both. And Trustee Baldini, I can say that I've asked that same question to uh, two staff members in student affairs, but the report will probably take until next board meeting for for us to see the turnaround in and have a good answer for you. So we'll bring that back to the March meeting. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. With that, unless there's more, Dr. Parker, I'm gonna to turn to Oscar De Haro for your student affairs report. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, this uh, gonna be very short, uh, but uh, but I wanted to, uh, uh, to, to commend our own uh, Chief of Police, Abra Wade, for, for participation, both as a participant as well as a, as a trainer uh, on a uh, campus police reform task force organized by the chancellor's office and whose uh, end work will, will be submitted as a report to the Board of Governors. The idea is to reimagine the camp, uh, camp, campus policing and aligning it with the system's commitment to equity and promoting an inclusive campus climate. So again, uh, Chief Wade was a participant, uh, very active, and again, was a trainer in this. So, so I wanted to offer uh, my commendation for, for workmanship and for presenting Napa Valley College. Uh, the other item is, is one that actually it's, it's, it's a conjunction with, with a controller, our controller, Sarissa uh, uh, Bush and her staff, as well as assistance from, from Daniel Vega and the IT folks uh, in trying to, again, in the spirit of, of, uh, of enhancing the uh, student experience in a positive way, um, we, are, uh, we are looking at, and we are going to, because it's, it's on the consent, consent calendar for this evening, um, looking at how we can modify the way that students pay their bills at the college. And so to, to that end, uh, we have embarked on a, on, a, on a new program that's going to be assisting us with that. But only, not only that, but it also will uh, put us in compliance with regulations that are in place now with reference to, uh, to fraudulent uh, tra transactions. Um, and the other addition, uh, positive uh, part of this, uh, this new um, method or new tool is that it allows students to pay with a uh, transfer from their bank account uh, as well, rather than just with a check, which is not as safe as as a southern mode. So again, uh, thanks to the to work and the effort of the business office and the IT department. Uh, and if you approve it this this evening, uh, students will hopefully be um, a bit happier uh, with the improvement of services to them. Thank you, and that should do it. 
Thank you. And I, and I had just a couple items to, to report. Uh, and we'll try to keep the meeting on moving here. And I'll provide a written report to uh, for the for the minutes. Uh, I, I completed one month on the job uh, yesterday. It's been it's been a busy month. Um, I, I, there's been a lot of learning. Let's put it that way. I, I want to thank both the cabinet, but also the the executive team and many representatives from the faculty and classified just for putting up with all of my questions. Um, because I, I, I and and of course maintaining uh, my my uh, their confidences too, just in terms of some of the questions I've been able to ask. I've I've asked some tough questions uh, because frankly some of the things I've uh, you know I, I tend to turn over rocks too often and um, there's there's been a lot of things we found in the last month or two some surprising things we've found. I think the the reports tonight from from all of the constituent groups, from Dr. Tejada, from Bob Harris, from Dixie, from Danielle, you know, all of the reports really showed an orientation towards frustration, being challenged to, to succeed in their work, and but at the same time wanting some healing to begin and some recovery to begin. And I want everybody to know, especially the board, that having only been here for a month, I feel like I'm only half succeeding at that because frankly, in the pandemic, we really all wanna be in the same room and we're almost to that point. Um, I have been very frustrated seeing how understaffed IT is. And to me, this is a really good example of, you know, when, when administration fails to provide adequate tools for faculty and classified to do their jobs, our students suffer. That really hurts when I see that. And frankly, I, I, I place the responsibility for that right here in this chair. Policies and procedures, you know, what we got in our study session today and what uh, was, has been discussed in, in, in the reports, you know, the absence of the, of the follow through necessary to have legally required procedure in place is, is frustrating at best, embarrassing on, on the other hand, but frankly, unacceptable for a college. Uh, and, and responsibility for that is right here in the president's chair. It's not in the president's assistant's chair. It's not in the outer office, it's in this office. And I'm very frustrated to see how many people have suffered from that breakdown in decision-making, uh, the, the inability to move forward with procedure. So I'm, I'm reporting to you what, I'm, what I've seen in the past month, but I hope you hear in my voice a commitment to transparency in the months ahead, to the outreach I know this office, the president's office needs to make I'm so looking forward to Jim Reeves' arrival. Um, I want everybody to know that, and I want to congratulate you, Jim, if you're if you're online tonight, and uh, look forward to meeting you and working with you. One of the things we're going to start, I've tried to set schedule meetings already with the constituency group presidents. I've been able to meet with one, and we are reaching out to uh, two, excuse me, and I've, and I've been reaching out to the others. But from there, the next step is forums. 
because there's a lot to discuss as a community, as a learning community. I want everybody to know and I want my board to know that I'm committed to that outreach and that learning process so we can take what we learned from last year and make sure it contributes to healing, recovery, and forward momentum going forward for your permanent president uh, whenever he or she can get started. So there's, um, there's more I'd like to say about IT investments and how I think that's going to be uh, some, of, some of the technical fix, transparency, and how I think that's gonna contribute to the, the social well-being. Um, and of course, more about budget and those improvements in the months ahead. I really can't comment on that, but I know, I know everybody wants it and I know everybody's waiting for it. So I just want to vocalize it so people realize I, I get it and it will be a part of my discussions in the months ahead. I say months ahead because February really won't be, uh, won't be possible. So with that, uh, I conclude my report and I'll provide some written remarks for the minutes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Frost. Um, item 11.3, our permanent superintendent president search. Trustee Goff, you know? Yes, I am here. Off here. Thank I'm you. I'm here. I, I had my camera off because my internet's being goofy. So I apologize. I, I don't like having my camera off. I, I I'm uncomfortable with that, but I have to do that tonight. So hopefully you can hear me and it won't go out. So just a, a refresher of um, what's been happening. Um, the window closed for applications in early January. The committee of 16 members of the Napa Valley College community uh, reviewed applications, a number of applications. Um, we were done with that review on January 19th. Those went to PPL for further review. And we have spent the last three days locked up in our individual rooms uh, interviewing. We finished up the last interview today. Tomorrow, uh, we will decide which candidates will be referred to the Board of Trustees uh, for final interviews. Um, the search committee, um, the instructions are to only forward those candidates that you can see and follow as your next president. So um, I'm excited about, I think we have some good candidates. I'm looking forward to the discussion tomorrow. Once those candidates are chosen by the search committee, um, their names will be forwarded. Uh, forums and board of trustee interviews will take place the 23rd through the 25th. Um, at the end of those interviews on the 25th, the board of trustees will submit the name of the candidate and hopefully we will be able to announce or confirm or vote on it uh, on our March 10th meeting. Um, it's been a really um, good experience. It's been a lot of work, uh, but those 16 people in the room have done a fantastic job. Everyone has shown up, everyone has done the work. And um, I'm just really happy to be surrounded by a community. I know uh, tonight has been a little discouraging, but I have to tell you, um, the search committee is made up of really wonderful people. And I know they will put forward candidates that the community can accept and will follow um, as their next president. So I'm very optimistic about that. Does anybody have any questions about the process or what we've, we've done? I don't see any hands. So that is my report.
very interesting guy. And I did actually want to, I know it's just an information item, but just uh-huh. to give the opportunity for the a public to make any comment if sure. any of our uh, members of the public that are watching this would like to ask any questions or, or make any comments, this is the opportunity to do so. Catherine, do you, do you see uh, anybody's hand up? No, I do not. Okay. All right. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you for all your hard work. Of course. <laughs> no, it's a lot. My pleasure. And um, okay, um, eleven point four, which uh, is uh, an action item, um, board goals. I think we had a very thorough and comprehensive discussion uh, at our at our last meeting, and we decided to add a, a two two new policies um, and and walk those out, um, including five and, and six. Just wanted to see. I, I think personally that they they look uh, in, in great shape and, and provide a nice pathway for the president's office to to um, you know look towards and in, in, in meeting their own goals. But does any trustees have a comment? If not, I'd, I'd welcome a motion to approve our board goals. I will uh, move for approval of our board goal. Trustee Baldini, do you want to, should we take the motion or is this a question? Or? I'll uh, take the motion, I'll second it, and then I have a question on item five. Okay, thank you. Trustee Iverson, uh, move for approval and Baldini second. Go ahead, Trustee Baldini. It's just uh, item five, uh, integrating diversity, equity, and inclusion and accessibility into its policies, procedures. Should we add actions to that policies, procedures, and actions that we... We consider it in what we do, how we act. I would appreciate that change. I don't think it's uh, strong, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, no, I I, 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 I would support that. Trustee Iverson, would you uh, amend your motion? I will amend my motion. Could you, before that happens, could you kind of read it to me? What, what's, how's it gonna read now? Uh, Michael, I guess why don't you just since you uh, provided that direction, and then Trustee Baker, I see I see your hand up. So, uh, Trustee Baldini, yeah. can you can you read it out? I guess. It, it, actually, yeah. It, before you so do it, that, actually, Michael, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to add a, a word as well. So, I, I am because to say we want to integrate diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility, that doesn't make sense to me. Is it like, to me? It was like we're saying we want to integrate. We want to integrate the values of diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility into policies and procedures and actions. Does that make more sense? Can you say that one more time again? Trustee? Yeah. Is it, just, just to say, to, to integrate or inclusion, I don't know. I, it just, it just- It's I don't kind know. of a passive, we, passive tense. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, as long as, as long as our intent is clear, I suppose it's fine. I think you had it right, though. I, yes. Would you just so the values? You, I think you were right. Equity, inclusion, and accessibility into policies and policies, procedures, and actions. Can we go actions, policies, and procedures? I'm just sure. I don't um, care. Yeah. Sorry, that was a terrible joke. Um, yeah, I, I like to. Any other uh, comments on that, uh, Trustee Deluna? I know this was uh, one of your suggested well, policies. Yeah, and I just, I think um, I'm okay with it because we had talked about renewing these soon. So this is just 2021, 2022. 
um, or not renewing them, but reviewing them once we have our new president. Yeah. The possibility of it. So I'm, I'm okay with it for now. <laughs> Great. Thank you. With the changes. Yeah. Great. Were those changes decided? <laughs> Is there any other further discussion on it, Trustee Rios? No, I'm just still wondering whether we actually got the change. <laughs> uh, we have a motion on the table to add the values of diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility into its actions and policies and procedures. That's the motion, to adopt the goals, adding the values and actions. I will amend my motion with the um, said changes. Can I support that? Uh as a second, Baldini. Okay. Oh, any discussion? Seeing none, I'll uh, call for a vote. Uh, student Trustee Soto Gonzalez? Aye. Trustee Baldini? Aye. Trustee Goff? Aye. Trustee Rios? Aye. Trustee Baker? Aye. Trustee DeLuna? Aye. Trustee Iverson? I hear you. <laughs> I've got, I, I need uh, a, a voice. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. And I'll, I'll vote I as well. And, and, and thank you. Thanks to uh, trustee Iverson and trustee uh, DeLuna and trustee Baldini for, you know, being the subcommittee to, to put these goals and, and revise them further. And, and, and Catherine, thank you for, for your efforts too on this and, and Dr. Frost to you as well. Uh, we'll move to the consent calendar item 13.1. Uh, Any changes to the consent? Excuse me, Trustee uh, Dodd, we have 11.5, the resolution on Black History Month. Well, that is omitted from my, my little note sheet here, and that was not intentional at all. Excuse me. Thank you for calling that out. Um, you know, I actually wanted to, if we could bring over um, Dr. Musami uh, to maybe just introduce this. If you could, Catherine, I'm sorry, I know I didn't ask this earlier, but if you could move her over just quickly as a panelist, because I thought, you know, we don't need to re read all the, the recitals, uh, which I, but I thought were just incredibly thoughtful and, and thorough. Um, but I know she put a lot of time into this and I thought it'd be nice to have her uh, intro introduce it and then we can, we can take a, take a vote. Um, I believe she is. Uh, she is. I do. <laughs> I was here. I was here. Thank you very much. Um, dear Board of Trustees, President Frost, mm -hmm. colleagues, students, and members of the Napa Valley community. I am honored to bring before the Board of Trustees a resolution to recognize February as Black History Month. African-Americans have made enormous sacrifices in the development of our nation through their labor, intellectual innovations, leadership in political governance and social transformation, cultural contributions, and their incalculable contribution to the economy of the United States. Black History Month is an opportunity for reflection and celebration of these contributions and to recognize the history of transatlantic slavery, abolitionist efforts, the oppression of Jim Crow politics, the civil rights movement, and contemporary movements for social justice spearheaded by African Americans, but supported by Americans and global citizens from all walks of life. I'd like to recognize the members of the Black History Month Planning Committee, led by Jeanette McClendon and Dr. Alex Guerrero, and the tireless work of Jasenia Cota and Jennifer Aguiar. 
I encourage the campus to attend Black History Month events and lectures, to see the wonderful displays in the library, and to take advantage of the Black History Month Zoom backgrounds. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Dr. Van Lewar Mansami. I appreciate that. And so you did have a good team working with you putting this together. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, well, I would welcome a, a, a motion uh, to approve the resolution. Yep. I see, a, 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 I'll, I'll recognize uh, Trustee DeLuna's motion. Can I have a second? Second. Trustee Baker, thank you. Uh, we'll call for a vote. Uh, Trustee uh, Soto Gonzalez? Aye. Trustee Baldini? Aye. Trustee Goff? Aye. Trustee Rios? Aye. Trustee Baker? Aye. Trustee DeLuna? Aye. Trustee Iverson? Aye. I will vote aye as well. And Dr. Moonsami, I just wanted to ask real quick, um, congratulations again on this. This is beautiful. But um, can you send us the background, the Zoom backgrounds, or send them to me? Oh, yes. I would love that. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely, yes. Happy to do that. <laughs> Thank you. I had a quick question to Dr. Moonsami. If yes. in the past we had had speakers, and that was when we were doing more in the Performing Arts Center, but um, if I missed them, did we have much this month in terms of speakers or guests for the campus? So we have had two speakers so far. Uh, one was um, on the second, and uh, the next speaker, I believe, was uh, yesterday. And um, we are going to have uh, additional activities on the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion website. There's a calendar, and we're going to have an even fuller calendar posted in the next few days as we finalize other events for the month. So um, please visit that website for information about future events. Thank you. And we look forward to uh, being able to provide a more robust uh, series of activities next year when hopefully we'll all be back on campus and we'll have had more time for advanced planning to get things in place. Thank you for asking. Thank you very much. Well, item uh, 13, consent calendar. I uh, would welcome a motion to approve the consent. Move to approve. Trustee Rios, thank you. Aldini, second. Call for a vote. Student Trustee Soto Gonzalez. Aye. Trustee Baldini. Aye. Trustee Goff. Aye. Trustee Rios. Aye. Trustee Baker. Aye. Trustee DeLuna. Aye. Trustee Iverson. Aye. I'll vote aye as well. Information uh, or administrative services uh, information. Um, item 14.1-2122, Unrestricted General Fund 11, Operating Fund, Revenues and Expenditures, Update and Adjusted Budget. We have uh, Doug Roberts with us. Yes, you do. As, as, as soon as I get heart, Doug, going Bless yet. your heart. Uh, um, okay, uh, view. Can you all hear me at least? Yes. Okay, that th that's half the problem. I don't have the video. Uh, sorry for the background, but <clears throat> just a reminder that I'm retired. Uh, well, well, first of all, oh, come on, thing. 
first of all, thank you all for 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 um, allowing me to to um, come and talk to you today. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm trying to get the screen up, and it's it's not letting me. Okay, this is Doug, just weird. Catherine can scroll. Can you see our screen, Doug? The the screen share barely. That that is my problem. I gotcha. was I was. I was working on some other stuff for you guys, um, but I, I I will go with that and and I will just just go with <clears throat> what I have because I do have a a <clears throat> excuse me a, a printout in front of me and I see that the uh, based upon the coloration I can see on the screen um, that I'm looking at the very first page. Um, this presentation is very similar to what you all have seen in the past in that I, I have taken the expenditures as of um, uh, January 31st and have compared that to the expenditures of the previous year. That is what is in the gold columns. As you can see, the expenditures are fairly close to one another. The columns to the left show the um, audited numbers for both uh, 2019 and 2020 and 2020-21. Uh, the columns to the right of the gold column show the uh, final budget that was adopted by the board, the uh, adjusted budget that the board adopted as of uh, December 1st, <clears throat> and then there are the projections to date as of January 31st, um, 2022. And the FAR right-hand column is a comparison between the projection for 21-22 uh, and what was approved by the board as an adjusted budget as of December 1st, 21. <clears throat> now you'll note that there is, is not a difference um, with regards to the revenues and as I've mentioned before, um, I have done an exhaustive um, uh, look into the calculations for our revenues and those revenues are very solid in my opinion um, because we do not have a um, uh, oh god a, a, a um, uh, excuse me the, the um, position control budget you know, I've had to rely upon a workaround procedure with regards to our salaries and benefits. And so you will see a um, variance between the projections I have uh, for the fiscal year and what, what was uh, um, projected as of, of December 1st. And, and most notably, You'll see that there's there's a projected expenditure of uh, salaries of about one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars more than what we had in the in the December first budget. The largest component of that I I want to point out is is for the temporary faculty salaries <clears throat> because these numbers are based upon January thirty-first and we have not had the initial impacts of whatever reductions 
have happened to the schedule, and we know that there have been reductions to the schedule for uh, spring. Those numbers are not quite reflective of that. I fully expect when this uh, calculation is done for the board, again, at the end of February, you will see better alignment with the numbers that you had approved back in December. Employee benefits, of course, there's a direct correlation between employee benefit expenditures and the salary expenditures. Uh, we are seeing a little bit of an uptick in um, the cost for uh, health and welfare benefits. Uh, we are looking looking into that. It may require a bit of a um, adjustment on the part of the district. <clears throat> Excuse me, page two. Thank you. Um, as we're looking at, at the expenditure for books, supplies, <clears throat> and other operating expenditures, uh, we are seeing an uptick in the other operating expenditures. I think it doesn't come as, as any surprise to a lot of folks that we are seeing an increase in utilities expenditures. Anyone who's you know been watching the the, the price of gas and, and electricity knows that there's some uptick. But again, most of these projections are a bit affected with regards to the um, when some of the bills get paid. Uh, normally, there's a little bit of divergence with regards to does the bill get paid in December? Does the bill get paid in January as to when we receive some of that stuff? I expect a little more, uh, you know, evening out and, and close relationship to what the adjusted budget had been <clears throat> that the board had, had, had approved. But bottom line, and you can scroll down a little bit, what we are currently projecting is a deficit budget of about $280,000, which is a change of almost uh, $390,000 to what was uh, presented um, as of, of the December 1st budget. I am expecting to see some changes, uh, reductions in that amount. But <clears throat> when you look at it, the entire budget and the change that is being shown, and it looks like a lot of dollars. Um, you know, keep in mind that this is less than a one percent deflection of what we had originally, um, you know, approved as an adjusted budget. It's not where I would like things to be. It is a little. Um, it is is it unnatural to see this kind of deflection? Again, it really depends on when some of our bills get paid, and it doesn't reflect some of the, the decreases we know are going to be happening in spring, nor does any of this show any of the effect of the SERP that is you know, currently being um, looked at, nor any of the other reductions that are also being uh, looked at for the year. But this does give you a sense of where we're headed and the fact that we do have some issues and um, that, that some conservative spending on the part of the district is probably um, uh, well called for at this point. And if you recall from last month, the projections <clears throat> that I had 
with regards to 2223, which showed about a million dollars short. If you are to believe the the numbers that are here, and and again, I do think these are going to going to be reduced for this year, but still, the projection for next year uh, would not indicate that we're going to see a a large reduction in those numbers, and that was a 1.1 million dollar deficit spending, and not to pile on, but uh, the ACCJC does not include or does not um, feel that any of the one-time funding that we receive in revenues, and, and Catherine, if you'll jump back up to the first page, <clears throat> you will see under revenues that, that, that uh, we are uh, showing about $1.6 million in one-time uh, funding. Uh, or, or other local income, and ACCJC does not feel that that is ongoing. So in the viewpoint of ACCJC, as we're looking towards uh, 22-23, that is almost a $2.5 million issue. And I'll be more than happy to, to take any questions. Does anyone have any questions? Dr. Frost has a question. Uh, can can Doug? Can you just uh, elaborate on that two point five million dollar issue, such that we can all understand it fully? <clears throat> Certainly, myself included. <laughs> I, and Dr. Frost, first, first of all, you know, I, I do not want to miss the opportunity. Uh, to say publicly that, that, you know, although our time together has been short, I have appreciated it. And, and um, you, you certainly do grasp, you know, the, the, the situation. <clears throat> um, the reason I talked about a $2.5 million issue is that, as you'll recall from, from the projection that I gave you for 2223, uh, last last board meeting was that we were looking, you know, unless things changed, we were looking at a deficit of about $1.1 million. Okay. ACCJC does not um, consider any amounts that are quote unquote transfers in from other funds to be ongoing revenues. And to them, the golden standard is that your ongoing expenditures will be kept within your ongoing revenues. So we are projecting for 2223 that we already have a $1.1 million deficit budget. But included in that is about $1.4 million of one of, excuse me, of interfund transfers that ACCJC does not consider to be ongoing money. So you add the $1.1 million that we're already projecting to this transfer money that they believe is not ongoing to them, 
that is a $2.5 million problem. And I did see in, in the board's goals that one of the things that you're trying to, to um, deal with is meeting the expectations of ACCJC. And if that is truly what you're about, about to do uh, over the next few months, that is really the size of the issue that you have. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the, the clarification because, you know, a lot of my, you know, just most basic back and forth with trustees is to make sure we, we understand that, you know, it's not so much the gravity of the problem. It's, it's what I have to address while I'm here. And so that's why I'm being so deliberate with this, uh, with this question. Um, I want to make this is this is the board members' time though, so I want to allow them time for questions. I saw Trustee Rios's hand up. Yeah, I, I um, about that um, other uh, income. So because the ACCJC does not consider that to be, um, I forget the, how you phrased it. Ongoing. Uh, ongoing. Does that mean that we won't get it? Is ACCJC um, in control of that? No, um, Trustee Rios, no, that, and that's a great question. Currently, um, we are, um, and the, 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 there's a lot of detail involved in this, but currently we are, are receiving about $1.1 to $1.2 million dollars in um, lost revenue compensation uh, from from some from the available HERF funding that was available to us this year, it will be available to us next year. Well, as as long as we applied for the 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 extension, I'm sure we're doing that. But it, but I've been gone for. Uh, week or so. Uh, but we'll get that money next year. So that was part of the planning for 22-23. But ACCJC takes a longer view at the district's finances, and they see that funding going away after 22-23. But then, but just as, as kind of a... Um, um, What's the, what's the right word? A, a rule of thumb. They look at anything that is an interfund transfer as just one-time money when they are doing their review of our finances. I hope that answered it, but I'm I'm willing to talk more. No, that that's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. So, can I dig a little deeper on that one? Just like, what is an example of the other local? What what is an example of these money? <clears throat> Well, when we're looking at, at the transfers in, as as many of you, you know, oh God, I'm I'm losing my voice. Can can you just give me a couple of seconds to get get something to drink? Absolutely. Hey Kyle, I was gonna I, just just go, go jump into the ocean. Um, 
I was actually going to ask a similar thing. Uh, you know, you're talking about, I wonder if it, in terms of getting that 2.5 million da- number down lower, I mean, it's curious to know if there's any sort of one-time operating expenses um, such as, so I'm just looking at, Doug, I was just kind of piggybacking off of Trustee Iverson's in, in terms of, you know, one-time operating. And I think a per, we've got something on our on our agenda tonight, um, upgrading and replacing the HVAC system at the lower, mm-hmm. lower in terms of building a ton. That's a that's a one-time um, finance from um, from the government to deal with HVAC issues. Um, yeah, and and um, to get to the HVAC thing, I don't have to say the layout, but I have talked extensively to to Matt. And most of that is is some of the deferred maintenance expenditure, which is out of our capital projects uh, fund, which is fund 41. And we are actually going to be able to use some of the uh, COVID money, the HERF money, you know, for some of that upgrade. But it really doesn't affect our fund 11 expenditures. Okay. okay that's capital projects fund. Um, but to get back to, to Kyle's question, within the transfers in, we do have an annual amount. It, it varies a little bit between $175,000 and $200,000 that, that we get from uh, DAS, uh, you know, our, our auxiliary services. And we also get some additional money um, through some, some of the um, – uh, funding that we get from the uh, Bell and Betty Rhodes support of the culinary services. It's part of some of our foundation money that comes to the district. So, but because it, it's coming to, to the fund 11 from one of our other funds, we treat that as a transfer in. Um, it, it, unfortunately, Given the accounting that we have um, based upon the the budget and accounting manual from the uh, state chancellor's office, we're kind of relegated as to how we account for this. It's unfortunate that ACCJC uh, views it in the way that they do. Um, But when you're looking at the overall amounts, uh, we're not – the HERF money – uh, you know, the COVID HERF money is is the largest portion. And to, to, you know, give them credit for their thought process, they know that that money is going away. And the question is, can we in the future make it on our own resources without some of the special funding? And they look at all transfers in as special funded, whether or not it's it's an annual thing to us or not. I I, w- I wish they had had some uh, additional um, ways to account for that for that kind of funding, but unfortunately they don't. Um, you know they they kind of do a one size fits all, and which. As anybody knows, one size fits all really doesn't work for everyone, especially for a district that is a community supported slash basis gate district. Sorry, I was losing my voice there. And, and I apologize. I oh, no, that's okay. Voice. 
Um, you mentioned Fund 11 and Fund 12 comes into my mind too. Are there are there areas that we could look at in Fund 11, Fund 12 that could help this situation? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> you know, um, what would an example be, Doug? Just to like throw it out there. Well, we have a lot of categorical programs that um, include in the program the funding of uh, the management of those programs. And um, there are some instances where the people who are managing those programs are currently being funded from Fund 11, not Fund 12. Um, that's really just a, a case of looking at, at some of these instances. Um, and I understand that, that it's, it's um, you know, for the folks who are involved in those programs, they really do want to maximize the resources available to, to serve those students who are being served by those programs. And so to the extent that Fund 11 can pay for some of that management, that means more money is available to serve those students. But unfortunately, um, in the situation that we are currently in, um, that's a certain amount of largesse that the district cannot afford. And so if people are doing work for categorical programs, it's, I, I, it, would, it would behoove the district for those individuals to be funded by those categorical programs and not the operations fund that is utilized for the rest of the district. We're going to try and tease this one out, but do we have an idea roughly of what that savings could be? Oh boy. Um, it, it, it could be um, in the neighborhood of about four to 500,000. You know, once, once we get through all of it, but it's, it, it takes a lot of, of, uh, research to find some of this stuff. Um, I think I've mentioned to, to the board once before and that one of, the, one of the issues that I have found you know, when I came on board is we've used account codes of convenience. Instead of, instead of, of, of creating the account codes to help us account for things in a method that would help us comply with the 50% law and or, uh, you know, for Fund 11, we've, we find account codes that are already existent. And then the idea was at year end, we'd make the change. Well, in some cases we get to year end and we don't find, you know, we don't find those accounts to make the changes. Um, I, and again, for 1920 and 2021, there was a, a Herculean effort made by all of the VPs, you know, talking with all their deans and all their staff to help us identify, um, you know, what reclassifications we had to make. Uh, it was a lot of work over a very short period of time. And thankfully, it, you know, we did make a lot of corrections, but we got a lot of the big stuff 
um, there is still some of the medium and small stuff that we just need to fix. And it's an ongoing, um, it's an ongoing task. But I think we're closer than where we were. But that doesn't mean we are where we need to be. Thank you. That helps a lot. I know these are complicated issues and there's lots of moving parts. And I know from my position on the board and I can't speak for everyone else, but this is this is a, a team effort. This district is a family and we will figure this out. We will balance the budget. No, we'll and, it and together, I, and it's going to be done through hard decisions uh, and turning over stones and figuring out what we can do to to uh, make it better. Well, as I like to tell people, I, I've got I've got a degree in geology, so turning over stones is something I'm used to. But I will say this: um, we have a lot of good people in the district, and I think everyone has has is willing to pitch in now that we have a better idea of where we are i th I think nvc can see the direction it has to go it's not going to be easy but i i think there's some consensus as to we know where we've got to go and i think most people are behind it thank you doug you're welcome thank you doug any other questions or comments? Well, the only comment I would make, and, and Doug, I, I would invite your uh, additional input. Um, my impression when I met Doug second, second or third, I don't know, maybe it was like my first day on the job. <laughs> this was one of the specific things I started asking about because Oscar and I had talked about it even in my orientation the week before, that there were multiple things we needed to do to start solving this budget shortfall. And Doug spent a lot of his time uncovering what he could. It is complex. You don't, you don't get it overnight. So as much as you, the board, want, want answers on the shortfall in the short term, I really appreciate Doug's outlining how it's a process and we're engaged in it and we're in it's, it's Oscar and I spent time on on his budgets and and going through a lot of questions on what we could change. I've done the same with Dr. Parker. So all the vice presidents, Charo especially, of course, I've been circling back. So I, I appreciate the the what you shared with the board because it gives them a sense of Here's, here's the key point. It really gives them a sense of how poorly the job was done in, in, in the previous couple of years. And I, I, that's, from, that's my comment to make, by the way. That's not anybody else's. But in my view, Doug uncovered a, a lot of inadequacies, frankly, in, in the work of that office in prior years. So I, I won't ask you to comment on that, Doug, but I wanted to make that one mine. Well, well it, it, well, if, if, if I'm allowed to, um, um, first of all, um, I, 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 I kind of like to make the joke that, well, the reason I don't know why what went on was because when I got to my office, Solange had cleared out everything. It was just a joke. 
Okay. I have told her to leave all of my files, all of my binders for Jim Reese. And on Wednesday, I'm going to be going over a lot of this stuff. So he at least will start with a better idea of where things went awry than when I got here. But um, I, I, and, 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 and I was, you know, adamant, and, and, and not that I'm trying to, to shade or uh, trying to steer anything in any particular direction, but I think where the district got off, you know, went, began to go awry, was that timely, accurate fiscal information was not provided to the district. It was not there, you know, to, to develop budgets. And because of that, after a while, y'all were flying blind. You know, I, I can't specifically blame anyone because I don't know what went into it all. All I know is that the way I would have done the job is certainly different than, than the way that the job had been done, of course. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm something of, of, of a numbers geek. Um, I, you know, I, I do all these kind of um, spreadsheets and projections because I want to be the most accurate that is possible. Um, one of the things that's been different for you all this year is <clears throat> instead of just getting a budget, I've given you a budget with comparatives. We did an adjusted budget. I'm giving you projections, which I think is more information than you've had in a number of years, but it's the minimum amount of information that you should be getting on a monthly basis because it's only based upon the accuracy of this kind of information uh, for you to make these kind of decisions. And you are going and you are already in the process of making some very difficult decisions. And it's not because of what any one person has done in any one particular year, but it has been an accumulation. And unfortunately, um, based on, on what the facts are, you know, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. It is, you know, we, we have been not meeting all of the, legal requirements for the 50% law, we are, well, we are upside down in, in the numerator denominator in that our non-classroom expend, salary expenditures are greater than our classroom salary expenditures. And that's, and that's not just administrators, but that includes classified and that includes non-instructional faculty. And I know these are, are not things that folks want to, want to necessarily hear, but when you just look at the numbers from 17 or 16, 17, you can see where there are some large increases in the non-classroom salaries. And that is why we have the problem with, with the 50% law and quite frankly, also with our Fund 11. And that's, I'm probably saying more than I should, but 
Well, that's the advantage of, of being a civilian. Just kidding. We're learning. We're learning, Doug. I, I appreciate it. I know the board does too. And a lot of it, Doug, it sounds like was a lack of good practices and procedures too, right? In terms of budgeting from the different areas. I think there was there were decisions made that did not have the kind of fiscal analysis and projection that should have been done. I I think they were um what's the right what's the right word? Um they were great ideas. But where was the fiscal reality? And that's how I see it. Thank you, Doug. Thank you very much. Hopefully you can get a throat lounge or something. <clears throat> no, I'm I'm sorry. I'm of course if this is bad, I feel sorry for Jim Reeves on the sixteenth when I have lunch with him. Thank you again, Doug. Take care. That's all right. See you soon. Thank you so much. Good luck, y'all. Yeah, I'm here to help when, whenever I can. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. Moving on to an, an action item 14.2, uh, Peterson Mechanical uh, contract to upgrade and replace HVAC systems and lower floor of building 1800. Catherine, do we have any public comment on this? I'll take any move approval. Sorry, I have received none and okay. Thank you. Baldini with a, a motion to approve. Do you have a second? Second. Trustee Rios with a second. Any discussion? Uh, I see uh, Trustee Baker. I was just wondering which which building that is. If, if it's the name it. <laughs> Mesa STEM uh, it's, uh, area. It's the chemistry, biology, physics, uh, science labs. Um, okay, the one that's the one that's behind the the um, where the grove. outdoor graduations and stuff. Behind the grove, yeah, yeah. And I've I've talked with with Bob Vanderweld and uh, Matt, and it, it all makes good sense. I mean, I, I'm I'm comfortable recommending it. I'll call for a vote. If there's any other any other hands up, seeing none, I'll call for a vote. The student trustee Soto Gonzalez. Aye. Trustee Baldini. Aye. Trustee Goff. Aye. Trustee Rios. Aye. Trustee Baker. Aye. Trustee Deluna. Aye. Trustee Iverson. Aye. I'll vote aye as well. Uh, another action item. Uh, contract uh, approving uh, Elucian Cloud Migration uh, Consultant Services. Catherine, do we have any public comment? Uh, no, I have received none on this. Okay, um, seeing, seeing no hands up in the, our attendees. Yeah. Um, I would welcome a motion to approve. Move for approval. Thank you, Trustee Iverson. I'll second. A second from Trustee Goff. I'll call for a, a vote. A student trustee Soto Gonzalez. Aye. Trustee Baldini. Aye. Trustee Goff. Aye. Trustee Rios. Aye. Trustee Baker. Aye. Trustee DeLuna. Aye. Trustee Iverson. Aye. And I'll vote aye as well. 
action, this is a, a 15.1. Um, this is also an action item, human resources information, uh, academic personnel status document. Uh, Dr. Parker, I know you're happy to uh, give us a, a report on this item. Uh, yes, I am. So on behalf of Dr. Frost, cabinet and the deans, I want to offer my congratulations to all of the individuals who are listed here for achieving this milestone. Um, one, this, and specifically, I'm, I'm speaking to the faculty members who have been put forward for a tenure contract, and they're noted on the, the document there with, I think it's a square next to their name. Uh, so this milestone acknowledges your disciplinary expertise, your gifted teaching, your many campus service contributions, and honors and protects academic freedom. I'd like to thank the work of the faculty peer evaluation teams who provided guidance and mentorship and friendship to you over the last three and a half years. And we all feel so fortunate that you're part of our community. We will be celebrating you more concertedly next fall as is the tradition here at NBC, but I wanted to read out each of the names of these individuals tonight in recognition. Please do. Okay, great. So first is Jennifer Aguayo, professor of math. Dr. Seth Anderson, Professor of History. Dr. Rachel Cresci, Professor of Human Services and Addiction Studies. John Kinchlow, Professor of English. Dr. Matt Krosner, professor, a professor of English. Carrie Powell, Professor of Child and Family Studies and Education. Giselle Robinson-Piga, Professor of Psychiatric Therapy. Carrie Ruffley, Professor of Geology. Emory Stafford, Professor of Math. Terry Wegner, Professor of Accounting. Congratulations. Thank you, Dr. Parker. Um, this is an action item to uh, approve uh, uh, this item. Uh, move approval. Thank you. Can I have a second? Second, Enos. Thank you, Trustee DeLuna. Any discussion? And I should also offer, excuse me, any public comment, Catherine? I'm sorry, and no, I have received none, and I see no hands raised. Oh, there was a hand. Hold on. Great. I see it's Dr. Tejada. Got to find her. Here we go. I just want to congratulate my colleagues. It is a pleasure to have them as members of the faculty and the academic senate. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Tejada. I'll call out for the vote. Uh, student trustee Sota Gonzalez. Aye. Trustee Baldini? Aye. Trustee Goff? Aye. Trustee Rios? Aye. Trustee Baker? Aye. Trustee DeLuna? Aye. Trustee Iverson? Aye. And I will vote aye as well. Congratulations, everybody. We are uh, at item uh, 18.1, uh, standing committee and other appointment reports. Do you have anything for uh trusted dodd you're you're at 17.1 uh oh, thank you. reading the board policy 43. another thing i deleted man i've just got my fingers here um thank you and let me just pull up my word document then um so i think we have we had uh, i think a very helpful albeit a short um presentation from Eileen O'Hara Anderson, but I think we got some really helpful uh, direction, I think in terms of uh, you know, looking at this particular policy and then also looking at future policies. And maybe we can go over future policies and, and agenda items since this might be a little inappropriate to, to, to discuss that. 
Um, and, and that would be a, a more appropriate discussion for future agenda items. Um, but what I would like to do is in light of uh, Eileen O'Hare Anderson's guidance is that we look at this with her um, input um, and based on the templates that you know she suggested that we review um, and table this for that, but with the goal to bring this back to the board for a second reading and approve um, you know, a, a revised one with those templates in mind that we can compare and contrast um, for the board's approval. I like that idea and I will uh, move for approval of tabling it and bringing it back after a little more review. I'll second that. Thank you. I'd like to just give an opportunity for any uh, public comment. Seeing none, and um, Catherine, I'm. No, I have not received. Nothing. Okay, thank you. Just want to just want to make sure we just gotta do it right, do it the right way. Um, I, was, I was typing the the new motion. <laughs> <laughs> Always multitasking. Uh, so we have we have a, a motion on the floor. I'll call for the vote. A student trustee Soto Gonzalez. Aye. Trustee Baldini. Aye. Trustee Goff. Aye. Trustee Rios. Aye. Trustee Baker. Aye. Trustee DeLuna. Aye. Trustee Iverson. Aye. I'll vote aye as well. Now, item 18.1, uh, standing committee and other appointment uh, reports. Uh, DOS, Michael? Anything to report? Yes, thank you. Uh, no, our next meeting is March 22nd at this point. Thank you. Uh, VWT. Yes, uh, we did have a meeting on the on the 2nd of February. Uh, the um, couple things. One, thank you, Holly, for the publication of uh, and uh, uh, press releases on Mr. Doug Schaefer joining, uh, joining the board. Uh, we did hear a report from our winery operations manager. This has been in the, the pipeline for years on site. Uh, we actually talked about uh, uh, wine pricing increases, wine clubs, label design, so on and so forth. Uh, whenever the, the budget, uh, fine-tuning the inventory, so on and so forth. But uh, it looks good, and we have wine for sale. We're still out in the marketplace with uh, Whole Foods, so promote, uh, promote our program by buying a bottle or, or come down and, and uh, buy some as well. So um, we also discussed the Evelyn Allen uh, that was presented by uh, Senior Dean Marriott, and uh, that's that's exciting. And I thank the uh, foundation, particularly Jessica Thompson's her her uh, Thompson's her efforts in, in that regard. Um, and we did discuss. Uh, wow, why don't we just move the whole program out there? But anyway, uh, that that's my report. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Uh, nothing to report from audit and finance. Um, I don't believe there's anything to report out from real property committee either, but I do know, Catherine, that there is a, we are planning to do a, a meeting, I think in the near future for real property. We are, and actually, I don't know where we are in setting the date. We wanted early, uh, late February, early March. And, but now with these special meetings, I'm thinking it might be early March. Okay, and what was the topic just so the board knows, I think in terms of discussion there? I believe it's going to be a, an update on Mount Veter property. Okay. And something I, I'd like to maybe add on that, and I don't know um, if our new vice, vice president will be able to um, uh, 
you know, really get on top of the all issues. But I, I've had some real thoughtful discussion with Trustee Rios about, you know, a real kind of review of a, our um, facilities master plan and having our real property committee just get us. I mean, it's a, it's a, a very deep and extensive document, but just to kind of take a look at it, see where we're at and kind of evaluate where we need to go since I think it's about eight years old, uh, give or take a year. Um, and I think ideally putting together a timeline over the next year, you know, over the next year to, to update that, um, update that master plan, um, which I know is going to be a, 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 a significant effort as well, but I just don't think we, we at least get a better sense of where we're at with the document itself. Uh, Trustee Dodd, I see that the meeting has been scheduled for February 28th, and so we will uh, talk about the topics, things. <laughs> talk about all, all the things. I know I'm struggling to get out the words right now, too. Um, uh, McPherson, a Distinguished Teaching Award Selection Committee. That is me. Come back on here. Uh, we did meet under the fabulous guidance of Dr. Parker. Uh, we had our initial meeting. We've uh, looked at all of the, um, the application and the score sheets and all of that. Dr. Parker, uh, you are you and your wonderful staff are working on this. Would you like to kind of let everybody know uh, where we're at? Because I know it's coming and there's great excitement around it. Thank you. You mostly covered everything. It was a great first meeting. I'm really excited about the committee this year. And we will, I'm going to get the finalized documents out to the committee to for last review, and then they'll be going out to campus. I think the date is uh, just over two weeks from now, and they'll they'll be uh, the nominations will go out and be available for five weeks. So make sure you get those applications in. We know we have lots of wonderful staff that uh, we'd love to see nominated this year. Thank you, Trustee Gop. Thank you, Dr. Parker. Uh, Dr. Shank Award, uh, Trustee uh, no, Luna. Nothing has been set yet. Great, but soon. Um, uh, college Foundation, Kyle? Yeah, um, there's a lot of exciting things happening, um, which is nice despite some of the stuff that we've had this evening. Um, but I'm not going to spoil it or take Jessica's thunder, so I will let her report <laughs> next month. Okay. Thank you, Trustee Iverson. We'll be on the edge of our seats. Uh, accreditation Steering Committee, Trustee Luna. Um, well, we have a training tomorrow and um, upcoming meetings um, for everybody. And yeah, um, I'm, I have nothing to add besides what Robin and um, yeah, we had a nice, nice, nice report, yeah. or a report earlier. Yep. Um, Catherine, can we open up a future agenda item request, please? So we have a lot here. Dr. Frost, I don't know, maybe you could kind of provide some direction here on, on what you think is, is reasonable in terms of what we heard uh, tonight from Eileen O'Hara Anderson um, in terms of board policies, BPs and APs. Um, and I think a timeline and, and how we move, especially I think those items that she identified as, you know, that these are just legally need to do these things absolutely on, a, on an emergency basis have to do this as soon as possible um, in terms of uh, complying with uh, accreditation standards. Uh, 
You want me to think out loud? Is that what you is that what oh, I? Oh, mean? excuse me. Well, I, I think just to get your thought in terms of sure. maybe you can avoid the the micro and go macro. Um, just this is, I think, something that I heard from the board, and, and you know, maybe we need to get a, some consensus on this. But it was clear to me that um, Eileen gave us pretty strong direction in terms of what we need to do with respect to our our, our BPs and APs. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is a lot to do. Um, we can do it. it. You know, me me thinking out loud about how to do it um, is going to trample on some tradition. Um, there's there's a there's a, a pretty significant number of procedures that are not uh, you know a part of the ten plus one or the mutual agreement process but that do require consultation. All of the procedures, really, we utilize consultation. What I, what I find interesting at NVC here is the, it doesn't get put into place until, you know, the, the consultation sometimes sits for a very, very long time. And so there's where, to me, the, the way to catch up is, to, is uh, for the president's office to commit in writing to an ongoing consultation process so that no one doubts that there's always an ability to review and re and consider uh, amendments, adjustments, reconsideration of a, of a procedure um, once posted. The other thing is we, we need a we need a four year or a five year review cycle so that everybody understands that this is not put in concrete and never going to be looked at again, that it will come up for review and consideration in a regular cycle. And that's part of the you know, any institution's, you know, continuous improvement and evaluation process. So what I, based on the board's goal um, within that ACCJC uh, goal, there was a, there was an element there having to do with policy and procedure. I'm, I'm going to work with the vice presidents. We're going to, everyone's going to get their assigned chapter. We'll have uh, updated Draft. I'm, I will base my work on the templates because those are legally vetted, and we'll 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 set assigned times for review, and we'll send them out, and we'll get them back, and we'll work with the constituency group presidents, but we'll follow through because I think one of the key things that didn't happen in the past was the follow through, um, and I can at least take responsibility for that and follow through in my time here as. Uh, I'll just conclude by saying the one thing I committed to the board was I want I want to help the permanent president get off to a, a good start with uh, with uh, you know a sound the office in sound shape and coming into the middle of uh, uh, something like this in the middle of an evaluation year is not something I would want to walk into so so there's my there's my quick thinking as far as uh, uh, the work ahead and. Um, I'll, I'll I'll be sure and share updates to the board uh, on that as well as we go. Thank you, thank but, you, Dr. But, I, yeah. but I anticipate those ten policies coming to the board for a first reading in your next meeting, and I, I have to look yeah. at them. So I may be yeah. wrong. There may be lack of consultation, but those policies the board is are the board's purview. So the board does have ability to to review those, even if they are being reviewed. Uh, by a by a constituency group, so I, I want to make sure the board's not remiss in, in in what is their purview, 
procedure, that's something that I, I will take on in advance uh, through the president's office. Thank you. I, you know, I, I would really, I know we're kind of getting to the end of the meeting, so I, I don't want to go too late here, but I'd appreciate this, some input. The way it seemed to me is, is um, Eileen had put together, she, she put uh, together an Excel sheet and highlighted those area, those items that I think were legally required. For me, I think that's just kind of what we need to just examine right away. It just seems the most logical um, to me, especially in, in the midst of uh, accreditation. Yeah. Um, and just get a sense of what items have you know gone through collegial consultation and um, what items require mutual agreement. And, and just to get a, an overall sense, it'd be nice to review that. And um, to the extent we can bring in as many policies as possible before the the the, the board at uh, next month's meeting, I think that's what we need to do. Um, it's a, a legally required mandate, um, according yeah. to our council. So, um, but if any other trustees uh, want to offer their input, I, I, I would appreciate it. I, I agree with that. And I think we should look to, or I think Dr. Frost um, said this, but even if there are some that say we, we really need to adopt that are urgent, that we do commit to to come back and, and if they haven't been looked at through the consultation process or, uh, that we commit to to doing that on some timeline so that you know the other constituencies are, are assured that they're going to have their input into it and you know we may need to revise and you know come back and revise but um, I think it's extremely important we get these things in place. I agree with that. I think this is ridiculous that it hasn't been done. So I'd like to move forward and and get this one off the list. Thank you for your candor, Trustee Goff. I agree. Okay. Thank you. Anything else to add? I'll just hopefully leave it there. Thank you guys. I think the the, the one thing I would I want to add just for the board's security, you know, so, so you don't worry about this. One of the things to me that was really lacking was transparency. Um, so people are, people will be frustrated by the pace of change. This is there, there, when you have a hundred, 107 procedures that, that have not even been posted because they never completed the review process getting that done is going to require some quick work. What I'm, what I'm going to commit to, and, and thank you, Rafael, for reminding me of this, you know, the president has to be willing to commit to a, a, a continuous review process. So transparently in writing and even documented on the procedure. So there's no doubt uh, that there's a willingness to, to, to review uh, improvements, revisions, and take, take the expertise of our, our faculty and our staff and our students um, as, as an as ongoing expertise that contributes to the betterment of the college. So I think that's something we need to vocalize time and time again uh, to begin to rebuild some, some faith and some trust and uh, as, as was described in some of the reports earlier today. So thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll move to item 18.3 trustee and board chair reports. Trustee DeLuna. No, report. you could go first. You, I can go back to you if you want. I saw you just, you're, you're unmuted, so I just thought we'll go. Oh, no, I don't know why I did that, but I'm not ready. <laughs> I don't really have that much to report. This has been a busy 
a busy time. The The conference was great. It was great to be able to like meet with everybody and just in a personal way, actually be together. Um, and then also meet so many people at the conference. I did not meet not one person from Northern California. Um, everybody was from Southern California, which is not a bad thing, but this was my first time. And that was surprising to me. So thank you, everybody. Thank you. Trustee Goff. Yes. Um, my only report is to once again, thank all of the members of the search committee for all your efforts. It's, it's been a lot of work, uh, but everybody has shown up and done a really terrific job. And I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our discussion tomorrow and for forwarding those names. Um, but I do want to commend those who have participated. I, I truly appreciate their input. Thank you. Here, here. Trustee Rios. Um, yes, just uh, briefly, I uh, kind of want to follow up on uh, Beth's comments there. Um, having been, we're not quite done, but having been a part of the uh, uh, search committee, uh, it has been a lot of work. It has given me a whole different perspective and understanding of how hard, you know, the faculty and the uh, classified and, and all the other constituencies, just how hard they work and how um, deeply committed they are. Um, it's just, it's, you know, I haven't participated really in anything like this the whole time that I've been on the board. I was on, you know, the interview committee for a former president, uh, but it wasn't the same, it wasn't the same as what we're, we're doing right now. So that has been very helpful to me just to understand how hard everybody works and, and how committed they are uh, and, uh, we've got one more day tomorrow, uh, so I look forward to that and just want to thank everybody. So thank you. That's it. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Trustee Baldini. I just want to say thank you, Trustee Goff, and thank you, Trustee Rios, for doing what you do and, and your, your very nice uh, remarks. Thank you. Trustee Baker's in there, too. What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Trustee, trustee, trustee Baker, yes. Baker's yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Probably got a nasty gram. <laughs> <laughs> Student trustee, uh, Sotha Gonzalez. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, express my thanks to everyone for giving me the chance to be on the search committee because, you know, that's something different that I haven't done, like, at all through my whole school life and career here at Temple Valley College. So, you know, it was very interesting to, and I learned a lot from it. And, yeah, I'm just excited for tomorrow. Trustee Baker. Um, gracious. Uh, well, yeah, between <laughs> between all of the the uh, search committee stuff and new job and 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 city city council meetings and board meetings and this, I I think I feel like I've been sitting in this chair for for a year, <laughs> but it has been just you know I I'm actually you know I, although I happy that we're coming to a close i'm also kind of kind of miss miss it because i've really gotten i really enjoy getting to know uh so many different groups and individuals that represent our uh our college community and, and i i'm feeling very confident that we're going to 
find somebody we're all going to agree that will who will be a really good leader. So, and um, I also enjoyed uh, the trustee workshop uh, in Sacramento. I enjoyed getting to see everybody in 3D. Um, and then uh, I got to see uh, I got to see a couple of different presentations. And honestly, the funny the funny thing is, one of my favorite presentations was from our attorney Eileen. Did uh, one of the most interesting and I almost want to say entertaining presentation I've ever been in about ethics and conflict of interest. So, uh, so we've got a good one with her too. And uh, looking forward to whatever comes next. And uh, also looking forward to going home. I can't stop yawning for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> so good night. Thank you, Trustee Baker. Um, perhaps ending on a little bit of a sad note, I, I wanted to um, send uh, my condolences, I think, on behalf of the board to uh, Charlie Monahan, who passed away um, a few weeks ago, um, just after retiring last year, um, after 20 years of service uh, to the college, um, leaves behind his wife, Stephanie, and three daughters. Um, so, you know, maybe there's something that, you know, the board can can do and and, and maybe send something to his wife, Stephanie, just knowing how, how important he was to the, to the college and how important he was to everybody. So I can, I can work on that and, and follow up with, follow up with you guys on that. Um, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll it on that and, and hopefully we can reflect on Charlie's wonderful service to the college community over the, the 20 years and all the amazing things uh, he did. I'd encourage you to, to, um, uh, to Anche Bodhi sent out um his uh, obituary in the paper, which is was really uh, which is really um, thoughtfully done, and uh, he got to learn a lot more about Charlie than I had than I had known previously. So, for um, moving on to I guess uh, twenty announcement of future meetings, we have a special that has been called for February seventeenth. Um, and then following that, as I mentioned too, if it, it looks like we need to reschedule that to February 24th, depending on where we stand um, with respect to the board training uh, for superintendent interviews, um, we could potentially move it to February 24th. But the goal is, is to try to tackle that, those new district maps on February 17th in a very succinct and timely manner. Uh, after that, we will have our, our regular meeting, um, our normal regular meeting uh, in March, March 10th. And I will, uh, Jennifer, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to, um, I think we're going to have another special meeting in at the end of the month also for the final interviews. I don't know if the date or time has been selected yet, but it would be the last full week of February sometime toward the end. Okay. I, I don't think we have a special meeting for that. I think we just have our interview time scheduled and then we would uh, confirm um, the new president on a March 10th meeting, I think, isn't that? Does it not need to be noticed as a closed session? Um, I don't believe so. I will check in with PPL, however. We'll probably learn on the 17th. Okay. Yeah. Hey, keep us posted and keep uh, uh, Catherine posted too, just so we can know. As soon as we know, maybe just, just so we okay. can have a, a, a placeholder in all of our calendars just to... Okay. Um, it's February. We should, go by quick. We all should have uh, the 23rd to the 25th blocked out. Uh, the times will depend upon how many names are brought forth. Okay. So that was set already when we plotted out the process. What so date was that again? 
the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Of, of, of March or February? February, right? February. Yeah. That, okay. Those dates were put out, gosh, in December, I think. Do we have times on those? Could you just do you have No, it, it depends upon how many names are brought forth to the board. And then um, it's a matter of HR scheduling the forums and the interviews. Okay. And then and there's I, work for us to do as well, as far as, you know, do we want a presentation? Do we want a writing sample? How many questions? That kind of thing. We have to set that up on the 17th. So then they can, we can figure out how much time each one will take. So we have a very busy February yet. And I know you guys are doing <laughs> so much. If we can just get out tentative dates, I, cause I didn't have that in Beth in my, in my calendar as, a, as placeholders. And I'm sorry, that's, Definitely, I'm sure it's my bad. Um, but if we could just send out a tentative calendar, just a, a document or something like that, just so we can have and put those, put even if it's TBD and we don't have specific times, okay. uh, I, I just think we, I, I really want it. Cause I know, I guess uh, Trustee DeLuna is, is going to be out of the country, out of town on February 24th. I'm leaving that, e that evening, late afternoon. Yeah. Um, so I can do stuff during the day, but I can't on the 25th. So yeah, I also didn't have it in my calendar. I, I don't know what to say because that was part of that the scheduling. Um, it's that's it's, it's HR. probably our bed. Yeah. I need to have HR send that out. It's not something that I would do. It's something that HR would do. So let me get let me get a hold of. I'll be in touch with PPL tomorrow morning, and I will ask them to do that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. you're doing so much. That's too. really. That's really. I. It's. I don't have the authority to do that. That's not something that I. I would do. So I'll talk to them. Okay. 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 Understood. Let us know if you need if I, if I can provide any support or anything like that. Um, I think it actually know. does fall on you as chairman of the board. Well, I, I designate you trustee. God. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. I, I think uh, once it comes to the board, I think it's all you dude. I, I'll, I'll, all right. all I'll right. do whatever you need me to do, but we'll talk. Luckily we'll you talk. can't see my fingers right now. <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll leave it there. Excuse me. Right. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. Well, uh, so February 17th, that's the next time we'll, we'll see everybody. Um, thanks everybody. We'll, we'll, uh, adjourn this meeting for tonight. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. And Charlie's honor. Yes. Here, here.